That is one big pile of shit. disaster like eating a burrito before sex welcome back to season eight of thsp episode 71 entitled that deadly games episode ready or not it's time to hunt tonight we have a jam-packed episode for you first we take a uh, trip out to perfection nevada and nate's kids corner segment where we discuss and review the film tremors from 1990 and just a little bit of an fyi boys and girls it's a slap happy segment um, we go completely nuts. Uh, Nate, we're calling each other, me and my son are calling each other's names. We're hitting each other in the arms, you know, in a loving fatherly son fashion. So, you know, you know not a big thing, like, like every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> so not thing much new there. Then we will venture into our main event of the episode where Chris and I will lovingly cover the films ready or not from 2019 and the hunt from 2020. So with that out of the way, Chris, the man which caning, what's new with you, sir? Well, I am trying uh, to pretty much soak up as much sun as I can get because, you know, summer is here. But uh, besides that, uh, not much going else going on with me. Uh, just doing the usual stuff. I've been working. I've been uh, trying to take care of the lawn. Uh, we actually got quite a bit of rain, so the yard isn't dead. I was well, very fantastic. surprised by that. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. Mine's dead. Um, <laughs> it is, is it? Well, I'm sorry, man, but uh, <laughs> we got all the rain and you got whatever. The, the lightning and thunder, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then, yeah, not much else going on, just getting ready for this episode, and as well as trying to come up with some episode ideas. Um, you know, just letting all you lovely fans out there know that uh, if you think it's just easy for Tim and myself to just prop our feet up on the desk and jot down ideas. It's, it's actually works out pretty well for the first couple of seasons. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're in like episode, yeah. season eight. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, Oh boy, what else do we got <laughs> now? It shouldn't be hard for me because you know, I got quite the library of uh, movies to look at, but uh, we all do. You know, it's just, it's just trying to how to make those things fit. <laughs> yes, that's true. Because you know, if you notice, we occasionally do themes on this, yes. on these, on our uh, podcast, and uh, we're big into work, themes. They, yes, yeah, they work most of the time, you yeah. know. And then uh, there are other times where it's like, well, okay, I guess it'll fit somehow. Well, well <laughs> we hey, just go with it. <laughs> well, when you when you're when you're first starting on a podcast, you have got a plethora of ideas like, "Oh, oh man, I want to review this movie, and we'll do this movie." And, blah, blah, blah. and then then you think up of like, yeah, I don't know, 25 ideas, 60 ideas. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> then after that, then you're like, "Huh. Well, I kind of spent uh, what else we got?" 
<laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but besides that, not much going on on my um, on my end over here. But uh, Tim, I'm, you know, uh, Tim is a married man. He's got kids, yeah. so I'm certain Tim has quite a lot going on. I, I always so have quite a lot going on. Tell us all about all about your summer. Well, thank you, Christopher. <laughs> yes. Uh, for point of reference, today is uh, Octo- uh, October, wow, <laughs> August 8th. <laughs> and yes, uh, first and foremost, I'd like to wish my wife a happy belated 40th birthday because her birthday was uh, in, uh, on July 14th. And we kind of, uh, you know, we weren't recording then. <laughs> uh, we recorded at the end of uh, June and now we're recording now. So we've had quite about, what, about a month, Chris? Just about, yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Our last one was the, um, our last recording was the, um, uh, the Saw episode, yeah, correct? With, yeah. Uh, Spiral with our Spiral, with, wonderful, yeah, yeah, yeah. with wonderful Chris Barreras, yes. Which we, we can only hope will come back to us with, this time without a, without a uh, Saw-themed episode. Yeah, I don't want to do Saw no more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, me neither. Me no, me, me no want to do Saw. I'm all sawed out. Buddy. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm watching the cat that day. <laughs> uh, no, um... Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a uh, whirlwind um, summer. We try. We've been the last couple of summers since uh, you know COVID has gotten under control mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Well, you know, last summer we went. We had uh, we made up for not traveling the year before, and we hit. Oh God, we were on like a three week vacation. We went to um, New York and Washington and Florida and Chicago. And uh, this time we kept it more um, subdued for my wife's fortieth. We just went out to South Dakota. Um, and that was kind of cool. We went to the Badlands, got to see Deadwood, uh, and see, uh, you know, Calamity Jane's uh, grave and um, Wild Bill Hickok's grave, and uh, just kind of puts around up there and see things we haven't seen before. Uh, visited uh, Washington's Monument, which is uh, which, which is really cool. Uh, visited um, Crazy Horse, which was cool. Um, you know, and we just kind of. Um, drank and swam and just had a had a blast so and you didn't end up your wife didn't end up getting kidnapped by a man dressed in black on a black horse and taken to a ghost town and you had to go over there and re- rescue her <laughs> why yes chris thanks for asking <laughs> in case in case no one understands i am referencing 1988's ghost town which we have reviewed last year for our empire pictures retrospective and i think what the october november episode something yes on there? yes so if you do, so so in case we have new fans that don't quite understand the reference just go back and you know listen to that episode <laughs> yes tell a friend tell like, a friend our, like, like our page and uh you know <laughs> give us a download <laughs> yes. but uh besides that nothing like that happened on your, no, uh, on your no no it was very very uneventful in that aspect but it was really cool because i never knew this about deadwood i mean i knew about deadwood but i never knew that gambling is huge still in Deadwood. I mean, it's like the number three or four spot to go if you want to, you know, lose your money. <laughs> between that, wait, so you're saying between that or Atlantic City or Vegas? Yeah, I'd say, and, and maybe, uh, what's the other one? There's another place where you can, you know, lose all your money. Uh, uh, Missouri, I think? Yeah, yeah, Missouri, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and anyway, it, it, but it was really cool. It was really cool to see, and there was um, lots of different things named after the, the different um, – people that live there um and so it made, it all made me want to do was go back and rewatch the hbo series deadwood <laughs> um yeah it was it was cool it was cool it was a, it was a great experience um now we're back to norm we're back to, uh from there and we're you know just 
we've already bought school supplies for the kids, and I'm like, oh, man, and this was like two weeks ago. I'm like, it's still summer. <laughs> and then you start looking at what you've done over the summer. I'm like, what have I really done around the house? Because I had a honeydew list, and, I, you know, working for the school district, I, I've got these – three months off in the summer and I, I and to, to my credit I have accomplished what I wanted to do but I haven't done more with the kids because there was just so many things going on with the kids activities there was like it was really hard to plan other things like day trips to the pool maybe go to the movies and we, we did do that so I mean and to our credit we, we did take the kids and do a lot of fun things like movies and yeah. um, sporting different sporting events anyway um, yeah that's what we did and uh, and then we're just preparing for this episode and I remember I, just, I think we were texting you back and, back and forth with you and I'm like man we haven't recorded in a while and <laughs> I think you said something like yeah we should do something about that <laughs> yeah we gotta remedy this problem you know uh, uh, fans can only wait for so long yeah. for us to make make another one of these yes. know, episodes <laughs> so and, and, and staying with that in that theme or staying within that um, yeah let's say theme uh, we present to you this fine episode part of our summer series why does it make it a summer series i don't know it's just the name i gave it <laughs> it's our show i can do what we want <laughs> so uh with that out of the way good sir let's now head over to the kids corner segment and we'll then we'll roll that trailer for ready or not and we'll be right back after this with chris's epically awesome spectacular synopsis did i sell it too much i think you did yeah fuck <laughs> <laughs> Again, our show. We'll do what I want. <laughs> Alright, be back after this, guys. Hi, I'm Nate, and welcome to Kids Corner with my dad, Tim. Hey, that's me. Uh, Kids Corner will cover family-friendly films and TV shows. And maybe not-so-family-friendly movies. <laughs> so, listen in. Nevada, land of opportunity. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Where a man can make oh, oh. a clean living. See, we plan ahead. That way we don't do anything right now. Earl, explain it to me. Hey, Bendy, what's the count? 640! In perfection, they say there's nothing new under the sun, but under the ground. But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way, these are local boys. How could they bury a whole station wagon? This valley is just one long smorgasbord. We can make it! That's how they get you. They're under the ground. And prairie dog burl. We arm ourselves. We set perimeters. We stand guard. Kevin Bacon. We could get in People magazine. Fred Ward. People. National Geographic. Tremors. We decided to leave this place just one damn day too late. Welcome back to Kids Corner with, with Nate. Hey, and welcome to your summer series of 
Horror Movie Fun at THSP and the Kids Corner. Yahoo! So, Nathaniel, we gave our listeners kind of a brief introduction to what we're going to be doing this month for the Kids Corner segment in our last episode of the Saw franchise series, Jigsaw. Or not Jigsaw. Um... Yeah, saw. <laughs> With, uh, you know, that guy. Anyway. So, anyway. Nathaniel, what movie will we be d- discussing tonight? Tremors! From 1990! All right. So, Nathaniel, why don't you read the uh, information and brief synopsis that the five people at Wikipedia gave us? No. Yes. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. Give do me it, no choice. Do it now, you loser. Shut up. Ah, uh, you're not a loser. But how, what grade are you going into in September? Fifth grade. Oh, Jesus Christ. My God, I'm old man. He's 45. 44? <laughs> Don't be a dick. No, no, no. Don't be a dick. Don't be one then. All right. So, Nathaniel, please take it away. All right. All righty. Shut up. Go on. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is the longest people have ever written for a synopsis. Jesus Christ, start already. <laughs> okay. Tremors is a 1990 American Western-themed monster co- horror comedy film directed by Ron Underwood, produced by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. A Written by Maddock, Wilson, and Underwood, Tremors was released by Universal Pictures the stars Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Finn Carter, My- Michael Gross, and, there you go. and shut up, and Rebecca McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. Get it right. She's a country singer goddess. Okay. And she's beautiful and she's a great actress. Go on. Okay. Oh my God! Hurry up. Oh my God! Hurry up! Release date: January nineteenth, nineteen ninety. Oh my God! I was almost twelve. <laughs> <laughs> you do the math, people. Don't hit me. Continue on. Stop hitting me, you <laughs> nugget. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Peter tap you. Go on. Go on. In the film, handyman Val McKee. McKee. Oh my God. Bacon. By Kevin Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> Everything's better with bacon. <laughs> go on. It's a tasty vortex. Okay, go on. Okay, and Earl Bassett. That's correct. Ward. Played by Fred Ward, yes. Try to skip the small desert town of Perfection, Nevada. It is perfection. Tired of their dull lives. However, they happen upon a series of mysterious deaths and a and concerned and a concerned, my God, and a concerned what? Seismologist. There you go. Rhonda Carter. Yes. Studying the unnatural readings below the ground with Perfect. help of electric survivalists. A couple. E- eccentric. Eccentric. Oh, my God. Eccentric means crazy but rich. Okay. Oh, my God. Think Eli Moss. Eccentric. Eccentric. Did you say Elon Musk? Yeah, he's an eccentric idiot. Mm-hmm. Go on. He's got a lot of money. He's nuts. Let's okay. go. Eccentric survivalist. A couple of a couple. Bert and Heather Gummer. Mm-hmm. Gross and McIntyre. There you go. They the group of fights 
for survival against the giant prehistoric worm-like monster. Come grab boys! <laughs> it's not in the um. Victor Wong, who owns the the, the little convenience store, calls him Graboids. So that's what they're called. Go on. Hunger Roll with for it. A human flesh. There you go. Continue. Mm. Merci beaucoup. The film go, was go. the first installment to the Tremors franchise. It was followed by five direct oh my God, so many. <laughs> video sequels. And a prequel. And one prequel. And Tremors TV series. <laughs> Tremors 2 Aftershocks, 1996. Tremors 3 Back to Perfection, 2001. Tremors 4 The Legend Begins, 2004. Tremors 5 Bloodlines, <laughs> 2015. Stop, stop hitting me. Tremors A Cold Day in Hell, 2018. Don't swear. It's what it and says. Stop hitting me. Oh Wuss. my god. Continue on. <sighs> oh my god. And Tremors Shirkle. Shirkle? Tremors Shirkle? It's called Tremor Shrieker Island. Shrieker Island 2020. Holy guacamole. The television series titled Tremors, the series, mm -hmm. aired from March through April 2003. A second television series was set to air in 2018 after the pilot has been shot with Bacon reprising his role. Yes. Bacon! Bacon. For the first time since the original film. But multiple networks, including Sci-Fi, passed on the series. And mo those multiple networks and Sci-Fi can all suck a fat, a big one. Because honestly, Kevin Bacon is Kevin Bacon. Like everything's food. better with bacon. Bacon, bacon. If you so, put bits of bacon on a strip of bacon, I bet you could travel through time. But yes. for me, it would. I would travel back to when I was eating bacon. Bacon. It would be a. It would be a bacon to bacon time space continuum. Yes, and that is from who? Jim Gaffigan. And who are we going to see uh, with the Minnesota State Fair at the end of August? Jim Gaffigan. Yes, uh, the wonderful and talented Jim, and hilariously Jim Gaffigan. The wonderful. <laughs> oh my God! Shut up, turd! The wonderful no and talent, the wonderful and funny, talented Jim Gaffigan. Eat a poo poo. So, <laughs> so. So anyway, honestly, I really think uh, the Sci-Fi Network and the multiple networks passed up on a Tremors, a second Tremors series, were honestly out to lunch with this because this is Kevin Bacon coming back to his roots, or not his, but his horror roots, honestly, uh, because he was a first. Actually, his first big break was in horror. Do you know what his first horror movie was? They got his first big break um, when he was a I'll teenager. Counselor. Yeah, and in Friday the Thirteenth. The original Friday the 13th. Correct. Good job. Oh, a plus for you, buddy boy. So, you yeah. told me so. Well, we talked about it. And you remembered. So, awesome. It, it still gets an A plus. Don't be rude. Okay. So, anyway. So, Kevin Bacon, honestly, after that, went on to star in many, many great films. Uh, and he was also the star of A Stir of Echoes, which is a great, great uh, ghost movie uh, taking place in Chicago. Uh, that happens, I think, in a, uh, it was filmed in the late 90s, I think 99, maybe 2000. Anyway, um, great actor, married uh, to a wonderful woman. And this film is fantastic. So, Nathaniel, 
Tell us a little bit more about Tremors. What are your top three favorite moments of Tremors from 1990 before I was 12-ish? Okay! You don't need to keep yelling that. I was 12-ish! <laughs> Come on! Go on! Okay. Tell the listeners. Um, top three. Let's my go. My third favorite moment was probably when um, the two construction workers were working and then they just saw old man I forget his name. Okay. Um murdered. Okay. And they drove to the construction workers and said, Get out of here, there's a murderer loose and we all know of course what happens next. They think they're pulling their strings and then they die. Okay. So okay, so all right, number two. That was three number what's number, number two? Number two was probably um Oh, God, I haven't thought about this. There's so many. Oh, my God, so many. Come on, come on. Uh, was probably, um, um, when they were in the bulldozer. No, not when they were on the rock for the second time. On the big rock. Okay. For the second time. Okay. And then, um, and then, um, Kevin Bacon's character. Um. Val. Val. Um, the key. Was, um, they were... You, they used their last explosive and he and he missed. Mm -hmm. And then they were on the edge of a cliff. And then um, um, his best older friend mm -hmm. and Fred Ward. Thank you. <laughs> and then um, the great, the late great Fred Ward, rest in peace. Wait, he died. He died last year. R.I.P. Um, uh, and then God, um. So then the rock. What, and then no, and then. They use your last bit of explosive. And then um, the seismologist uh -huh. bolt jumped out, and then um, she's kind of cute, right? Shut up! She's he slapped me. He thinks she's cute. Shut it up! Oh, twice, three times, shut oh, four up. times, five times, oh, six times. Oh, shut times. Up. oh he really likes her. Shut she's pretty. Up. <laughs> go on, go on. Shut up. Go on, come okay. on. Um, and then pretty. Kevin Bacon. Shut up. Go on. Come I swear on. to God, I will. Come on, hurry I will up. squeeze you where you get blood donated. From. Go on. Um, and then um, and then he jumped out of the way at the last second, and then the tremor, or the graboid <laughs> tremor. You're a tremor. And then um, he goes the the tremor goes through the rock. And then he falls on some sharp rocks at the bottom of a canyon, and his gut gets split open. Okay, so he died. And then my favorite... The number one, with a bullet. Number one. The number one with a bullet. Come on. What's number one? My favorite was, how many cows is there to be a stampede? <laughs> <laughs> is it more than three, Earl? <laughs> Okay, so that fantastic. I'm so glad you ended with that because honestly, that's how I would start out the movie. And I go in complete reverse. Uh, I go one, two, three. Uh, so you went with three being you went from three to one. Uh, so Nate, you're going. You're in. You're you were in fourth grade. You're going into fifth grade yeah. very soon. Within the next, let's say, forty ish days or so. Yeah. So uh, this is recorded on uh, July twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. So Nate. Would you recommend this to your... I know it's correct, dude. I'm looking at the calendar. Shut up. I do. So, your calendar's wrong. Your calendar's wrong, moron. Um, so, <laughs> so, Nate, would you recommend this to one of your current classmates? Let's say like Navi or like Keegan or They're Cole. They're not my classmates. You're your buddies. They were your classmates. Shut up. You've been known them since like kindergarten. 
I, maybe not in the class, but you know them since kindergarten. Shut up. I have Shut up. in her clothes since Yeah, you have. You went either on flag or baseball with me. Shut up. You oh, were. Right. Yes. Come on. I coached your ass. Don't give me that bull, bull crap. Come on. Don't, don't make me swear on this podcast. Language! Language. Don't make me swear anymore than I have to. Okay. All right, continue. Would you recommend this to one of your buddies? Let's say Beckham okay. or Tank. Yeah, I get what buddy Yeah. Means. Well, I, maybe you don't. Yes. You weirdo. Yes, I will. All right. Continue. Would you recommend it to him? Yes. Okay, so Nate, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being awesome, 1 being... 10. 10. All right. Fantastic. I have nothing to agree with. I have nothing to disagree with that. I personally would give this about a nine and a half, ten 10 myself. And I love, love, love. My top three f- moments were number one, yes, when the, the opening of film uh, where we meet Earl and Val, and Val decides to wake up Earl with a practical joke <laughs> with Stampede! Stampede! <laughs> and Earl falls out of the, and, and Earl falls on a truck on his head. And he's like, what are you talking about? He looks at it, there's like what four cows <laughs> in the background. In the background, like a hundred yards away, he's like, he's like, what consists? Earl Val goes, what consists of a stampede? Earl, is it more than three cows? <laughs> but then num- number n- n- number two would have to be where Val is first meeting a seismologist right before he's talking to uh, Earl's character. Or, I mean, uh, Fred Ward's character, Earl, and he's talking to him about, oh, you will! Oh, that's a new size match. That's a new college. You, she will be female. She will have blonde hair. She will have green eyes. She will have boobs. She will have a butt that don't quit and legs that go up to her armpits. I love, I love that scene. And he's so, so disappointed at the end. But you know what happens? She happens to be quite the hottie. She happens to be quite the cutie pie with a brain. And you know what? Honestly, that's what men should be looking for right now is a cutie pie with a brain. Not just stop that. <laughs> Not just with the uh, physical attributes, but with the also with the brains upstairs. So, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being great and 1 being awful, I give this about, like I said, about 9, 9 and a half, 10. I thought it was hilarious. There's no no real objectionable material. Uh, there's no real blood and guts, right, Nate? No, uh, there's feels- only a little bit of blood and guts when they're already gone. Right, and and, and most of the stuff happens off camera or, or basically or reaction shots. Like, yeah. for example, like uh, Fre- uh, Earl and Val riding the horses trying to get to the next town over, and the uh, the graboids attack the horses. There's a lot of close-ups of uh, Val Kilmer, not Val Kilmer. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, um, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, and very various shots, small shots of like the graboids actually killing the horses. Uh, basically, it's also done for a um, probably a budgetary reason because they probably didn't have a huge, ginormous budget for this small little like 1950s like drive-in B movie kind of thing. But honestly, this works. And I really, truly love all the characters. I thought they were all super-duper fantastic. Um, there's nothing, like I said, nothing questionable with swearing other than a few goddams and shits and, I think, one fuck. <laughs> there uh, was no F-bomb. There was an F-bomb. No, there was Yeah, Kevin Bacon said it. Shut up. There's an F-bomb. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, honestly, very. It's a, it's a strong PG-13 but also a very, 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 extremely very weak radar. So, yeah, I think yeah. it falls right there in a, a very solid PG-13 category. Yeah. So, Nate, you said you would recommend this to your friends. Yeah. 
so Nate, why don't we, uh, before we wrap up today's uh, segment, why don't you tell our dear listeners what we can expect from our next episode of the Kids Corner segment? Aliens 2. Ladies and gentlemen, for everyone else, that's just aliens. Plural. The first one is alien. The second one is aliens. More than one. Oh, there's more than one? You'll have to find out. You haven't watched it yet, you turd. But isn't it, didn't you tell me like it's more of an action movie than a horror movie? It is, it is. But he has not seen it yet, and we will talk about that more next month. So, Nate, what do you have to say to our dear listeners? Bye. And? <laughs> Thank you for listening for Kids Corner with Nate. This is my father, Timothy. And we'll see you next episode. Yeah, don't be a wiener. Shut up! You like boys. <laughs> Alright, good night, everyone. start the count. believe that in half an hour I will be a part of the Lodomus gaming dynasty empire? Uh, Dominion. We prefer Dominion. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. There's just one more thing. And then you are officially part of the family. So, at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really gonna play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? I mean, stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. What the hell is this? How old is this thing? You shot the maid. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress? Emily? <gasps> Holy shit! I had to play along so that I can get you out. It's insane. They think they have to kill you before sunrise. Or something very bad will happen to the family. If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead. Found her. Why don't you just use mine? Mr. Lodomus, I just saw her running. Oh my god! Oh, fuck your fucking family! You're just another sacrifice. Do you think this is a fucking game? Yes, hide and seek. Remember? He wanted to get married. So much
No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, take it away, good sir. All right, so Ready or Not from 2019, directed by Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett, and written by R. Christopher Murphy and Guy Busick. So Ready or Not begins in the mansion home of the Lee DeMoss family, which has made a fortune in the production and distribution of popular board games and sporting goods. Young children Daniel and Alex are running down the hallway while a wounded man staggers in the background. But this wounded man is not chasing these children, but he is instead begging for help as he is then shot to death via a spear gun by people dressed in robes and wearing masks. Mm. So 30 years later, Alex played by Mark O'Brien is all grown up and is about to marry his newly acquainted love grace played by Samara weaving. Alex has been rather distant from his family and it doesn't help matters that Alex's marriage was rather impromptu, but no matter, for the Lee DeMoss family now has another member to welcome into the fold. And speaking of the family, let's introduce these interesting batch of characters. <laughs> we have the parents, Tony, played by Henry Cizerni, and Becky, played by Andy McDowell. Uh, brother Daniel, played by Adam Brody, and his above-it-all wife, Charity, played <laughs> by Alice Levesque. Coke-snorting sister Amelie, played by <laughs> Melanie Scrofrano, and her loudish husband Fitch, played by Christian Brunn, with two sons Georgie and Gabe, and the rather ghoulish-looking Aunt Helene, played by Nikki Guadinci. Uh, so after the wedding ceremony, you would think Alex and Grace would spend their honeymoon sowing their vo- vows, right? Right. Wrong! Uh, I don't know what that means. You're going to have to (laughs) dumb it down for the rest of us. (laughs) Well, as I just said, wrong! That's not what they're doing. Uh, They weren't getting freaky? Nope. Not knocking boots in old 90s reference? (laughs) You know, you should know this because you watch the movie, unless you're you're pulling a Dave Rodriguez. I don't know what you're talking about. Who's that guy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean the one that's going to be tortured for our next Thanksgiving episode? (laughs) Yes, Dave, if you're listening, that's coming up soon. So anyways... (laughs) Anyways, uh, Aunt Helene rudely interrupts the two newlyweds and instructs them to meet the family in a special room downstairs. Now, before they go, Alex tells Grace that the family has this little tradition that the new bride or groom must participate in playing a game. Despite finding the family tradition being a little odd, Grace agrees to participate for Alex's sake. Once when Grace arrives, the father, Tony, explains the background of, the, of this tradition. Their ancestor, Victor Lee DeMoss, was a merchant seaman who met a man named Labal, who liked to collect special antiquities and sell them to wealthy buyers. Labal and Victor would play cards while at sea, and on one such voyage, Labal made a bet with Victor by presenting him a puzzle box. Labal makes a deal with Victor. Solve the mysterious opening of the box... And Labal will finance any business endeavor of Victor's choosing. And so Victor solves the mystery of the box, and thus Labal assisted in financing Victor's businesses, which grew successful via each future generation. Uh, Utilizing the same puzzle box that Labal gave Victor long ago, the bride or the groom must open the box at midnight. What's in the box? What's the box? And and remove a card which will state what game must be played. So Grace pulls out pulls a card out that says 
hide and seek. Grace, of course, thinks this whole quote-unquote tradition is, you know, silly and will be an easy task. But what she doesn't know is that the Lee DeMoss family armed themselves with guns and crossbows and medieval axes and in an attempt to hunt the new bride down <laughs> and sacrifice her before dawn in order to placate the spirit of Labal so the good name of Lee DeMoss can continue with their good fortunes. So yes, that is the uh, plot um, synopsis for Ready or Not. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know about you, Chris, but that seems perfectly normal and perfectly healthy. <laughs> oh, it does. I, I, I've heard marriages, marriage ceremonies go like that all the time. You know? They get married... And then they don't get to have, you know, the do the whole X-rated, you know... Coitus. Coitus, yeah. <laughs> no, they get told they have to participate in the game. And then if the bride or the groom ends up being hunted by the family, and then, of course, they have to be sacrificed to uh, the spirit of a person that they had made a deal with centuries ago. So, but, I mean, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why I don't want to get married. The future wife tells me, oh, honey, by the way. <laughs> I mean, Tim, did you ever encounter this during your... Uh, no. Your, your, no? Uh, no, I can't say that they have. I played... Yeah, I, I played Candyland like, many times, but not on my wedding night. <laughs> oh, I thought that was like a tra- this was like a tradition in Romania or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just do sword fightings at dawn <laughs> in the castle of Transylvania. <laughs> yes. Oh, and if I spill the blood of a of a of a of a, of a stranger, I I uh, appease uh, you know Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> I won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you see him, you just make horrible jokes about his name, Nosferatu. <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> it's like in the... <laughs> Y'all good! <laughs> it's like in the... Sim- Remember that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode where they do a parody of Dracula and it's Mr. Burns? Yes. <laughs> Dressed up like that. And, you know, he's got that big old hairdo that Gary Oldman wore. Yes, in the movie, yes. And he's walking away and then... Bart says, Dad, you notice something strange about your boss? And he goes, yeah, his hair looks kind of queer. And then, <laughs> and then Bert says, I heard that. And he goes, it was the boy. <laughs> but, but, okay, so Simpsons references aside. Um, so I, um, this is another one of those movies that I had not seen. But I have to say, I did hear about this movie coming out back in 2019, but it didn't quite you know, catch my uh, attention for whatever reason. But um, it's I will, interesting. I will go on record right now saying I love Samara Weaving. I will watch anything that she's in, <laughs> no matter how good or bad. Her and Margot Kitty, or Margot... Um, Kidder. Kidder. Well, <laughs> yeah. That, well, yeah, but then there's also the other one that played in... Um, yeah, her too, but uh, what is her... Uh, from Birds of Prey, and she was the um, the Joker's girlfriend. Uh, what's her oh, name? Harley um, Quinn. Okay. Uh, uh, Margot sh- Robbie. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, but um, I had not... Um, so, uh, watched this movie. I actually watched this like a couple days ago mm-hmm. while prepping for the show. Um, and I, you know, I didn't... I did not hate this movie. I didn't love it, though. I think it was all right. I, I will say it's worth watching on a rainy day. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure, though. I think the film, when it tries to balance the, the horror and the humor, it kind of... I, it kind of gets the, the humor gets in the way a little bit, and I, I kind of wish this movie was a little more, I guess, slightly a little more serious okay. because I think the dark tone of it is there. Mm-hmm. 
But when you get to scenes like one character sitting on a toilet trying to fi- watching a video <laughs> to figure out how to work a crossbow, which it is funny, <laughs> but I just felt like it was it was like really really pushing it in terms of like how ridiculous this whole thing is starting to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and I, I can see why they did it because they probably thought to themselves, you know, this idea about. Well, they're using ancient um, weapons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, but I mean, like, the idea of the the concept of this, like, wealthy family mm-hmm. being able to um, do the... It, the basic concept of this movie is ba- is the whole, um, the upper crust elites, mm-hmm. because they're so wealthy, they can do whatever the hell they want. And, 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 and in this, hey, and, that's and, the theme of our episode right now. <laughs> right, right, right. And, it, it, of course, yeah, yeah. But, Tim... For the, for the record, you and I are not part of the wealthy elite, so I mean, no. but we can still do whatever we want. So that's that's the in, thing. In, in, in the context of the show, yes. In real life, no. Yeah, but <laughs> it's it it's so it's one of those movies, you know, the idea right. of of the rich versus the poor, the you know the blue bloods versus the you know the 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 um, the, the minions or the uh, the peons. Yeah. If you want to use the, the the tagline from Caddyshack, the snobs versus the slobs, it's <laughs> it's it's and I can see why they wanted to go down the humorous route for it, because you know these types of movies I think I I think are somewhat similar to other ones like um what was that one movie called uh, like 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 the Purge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Or I, I should say that movie is similar to the other film we'll be reviewing, but that's a little bit of a different story. But, um, but at, at this, but at any rate, um, yeah, I just felt like this movie would have worked a lot better if it was a little more darker and a little more, a little more sinister and serious and a little less humorous. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the other problem is the humor in this movie once again just reeks of the whole hipster vibe concept of where everybody's a smart ass towards one another. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like completely nonchalant about <laughs> the concept, even though it's like it's about a rich family trying to kill, <laughs> right. to kill a bride to be. <laughs> right. And now, uh, in the family's defense, this only happens every once in a while that they draw yeah. this particular card. Now, if she would have drawn uh, drawn another card, apparently, she, I guess she would be safe. But yeah, it's up yeah. to but it's up to the spirit, a uh, Laval spirit or whatever it is, to uh, actually give you the card. You don't get to pick the card; the thing shoots out of the box or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know what though? That's interesting that you know it only happens like if it comes out that way with the card. Right. Because if you remember that all the other, the other people that were married in the family said, "Oh, we've never. This is the first time we've ever done this before." And I guess before the, the last time it happened was thirty years prior, the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. It only happened one or two other times. So. Right. Okay. But so, I mean, I didn't like I said, didn't love it, but didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the other thing was that you know, as I said before, we were starting in the show, but I guess I'll, I'll reiterate it here. I apologize if I sound like old man Koenig here, like I usually I'm do. I'm old. But <laughs> but the one thing that really like suffers with this movie is its visual style. Every shot has the camera moving. You know, every shot's edited like one sixth of a, you know, like fast editing, and the visual look of it, it, it inside that mansion feels like it's a combination of amber yellow and like like dark green. And I'm and I'm just like, man, is this what the color scheme of movies are nowadays? I mean, I mean, the the, the movie we're going to be viewing later actually feels more vibrant than this one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, 
Yeah, I uh, I didn't love it that much, but didn't hate it. I think there are some interesting moments here and there, and uh, we'll obviously talk about them. Right. But, uh, but enough about my opinion, my, my pre-rhetoric uh, uh, synopsis, or my pre-rhetoric opinion, as uh, Dave Rodriguez would say. <laughs> what about what about um, you, good sir? Um, I, I, I liked it a little bit more than you did. I, I understand your your points uh, that yeah the, the humor could have been toned down in certain areas. Now I didn't notice maybe the colors too much like you as much as you did, and yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I I suffer from going to film school, so I, <laughs> yeah, that's the sad part. So um, I like I did that didn't bother me too much. Um, I, the uh, everybody cracking jokes. Um, yeah, it seemed like everybody was trying to one up one another a little bit uh, and trying to be. Who could be more edgy at certain times, um, but I, that again, that didn't bother me too much either. Uh, maybe I was just focused on the girl because I really like her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the girl. No, um, anyway, and I, I, I thought I liked her attitude going into the into this film. Like the first, I think, um, as we're talking about the, the film, the first time we see her, she's in, in the um, in the in the bridal chamber or whatever in the room where she's getting ready and she's kind of talking to herself in the mirror you know giving herself kind of giving herself a pep talk and uh lighting a cigarette then we're introduced to uh, andy mcdowell's character and 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 you kind of get a, a almost a bond with uh between the two automatically and i like that and how things just shift so quickly because of what happens later on in the movie it's it's very interesting um and I, I, yeah, I liked it more than you did. I mean, it's the perfect no. Um, it's not, but it's without giving you know everything away. It is definitely by far the superior of the two films we're reviewing tonight. So, yeah. So, so we let's talk about how this opens. So we get the big opening sequence where we're shown like this big interior of this mansion, right? And we see like all these varying board games on there that are all like part of a display. Mm-hmm. And then we see these two kids, um, Alex and Daniel. They're yeah. running down the hallway. Yeah, being kids. Uh, yeah, well, as if they're being chased too, because yeah. we think some, you know something horrible is happening. And then we see this man, sta- you know, just like 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 staggering down the hallway. He's injured, and but for a moment there, you think that man's trying to go after the kids, but it turns out he's not. No, he's just asking for help. And then all of a sudden, these. Oh, I forget which kid it was. It was either D- Daniel or Alex. I believe it was Al. Uh, whoever was the one. I think it was Alex. I think it was Alex. Okay. Well, one of them yells out, "He's in here!" And then all of a sudden, the um, a bunch of people in robes show up, and there's like, I believe a a crying bride saying something like, "You know, don't do this to him." And then of course they they um. I believe he gets killed by the crossbow in this. You're right. In, in this scene, and then of course this sets up the whole, you know, like the whole opening sequence. And then now we're in, thirty years have passed, and we're introduced to um, Grace, played by Samara, Samara Weaving. She's sitting in front of a, a mirror and she's practicing her wedding vows, and she's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and she seems a little nervous. Oh, you know, what? I'm sorry. Let me take the bear. I'm sorry. I think it was Daniel who said it. He's oh, in it here. was Daniel. Okay. All right. I think so. All right. But um, so we're introduced to the Grace character, and she's like f- rehearsing her vows and everything. And then, but of course, she's like, kind of like, oh man, I'm totally gonna blow this because right, because she she loves him, but she but she she doesn't she just doesn't want to fuck up. <laughs> right. Well, the other thing is that as it turns out that she's marrying Alex, now grown up, played by Mark O'Brien, and as it turns out that. Um, 
I, I believe they haven't known each other for long, I believe. Yeah, like, it was just a few They like, kind of sort of like met and it's been a few months and they decided to get married. Oh, yeah, between six and eight months. Definitely under a year. I'd say between yeah. six and eight months, yeah. And it's interesting because she's like, I don't think your dad likes me. And he's like, no, 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 my dad likes you. It's just they didn't expect us to get married right away like this. And mm-hmm. they, I guess because they, they announced it so soon that uh, – the family had to scramble to put the wedding ceremony together, you know, so, but, um, oh, and then there's an interesting thing about this. She mentions her brother, Daniel played by, um, Adam Brody. She mentions that he's, um, uh, constantly trying to hit on her. But yeah. if you watch this movie, that never really happens. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, why would she say that? <laughs> Wishful thinking, maybe? <laughs> Probably. But I mean, like, why have that in the movie? Because <laughs> he never hits on her at all. Now he's constantly drinking. Yes. <laughs> Alcoholics do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, but we never see him try to hit on her, though. That's the problem. Yes. <laughs> Seems like a script problem. But anyways. <laughs> so... Now, there's a moment in this movie where Alex, despite wanting to marry Grace, um, as I remember, Tim, doesn't he try to war- try to like, you know, like sort of get her to not marry him? Well, yeah, he says that uh, something about you can leave right now. <laughs> yeah. Like he's giving her like these weird. Yeah. He's, he's messages. He's being, he's being very um, ominous about everything he's, without coming out and saying that it's, he, the family's fucked up. <laughs> Uh, he's being, yeah, he's being very ominous, but he's also being very, very uh, mysterious about it. I guess the the word for it would be cagey. There so, you go. <laughs> and the best of both yeah, worlds. <laughs> right, right, right. And it, it, it's 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 so interesting how they set that up because you know for a moment there it's like and, and but I have to be also fair about it too. Um, if you think about it, if you've never really if you never read the plot synopsis for this movie. Mm-hmm. But you watch the opening sequence, it kind of gives you an idea of what's going to happen. <laughs> right. It's actually fairly predictable. It's not completely predictable, but you know that it's going to involve the family. Right. And and that's the thing. That's a problem I have with it, sort of, is that there's never a moment where you feel like what's ominous about this family is ominous. It's more like it's ominous, but it, to us, the audience, it's so obvious. Ominous but obvious. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Like, ominous for her, obvious well, for us. <laughs> put it this way: we know this family is up to no good, right? But be- we know of it because of the way how they're acting, not not because of the way how they're trying to hide it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, y- like, like it, it, it's hard to explain, but when you when because the family in this is like completely ridiculously over the top weird, <laughs> and like really like just crazy. And you pretty much know already, okay, yeah, this not only is this family not normal, I'm gonna assume and like I said, if you if you if you never heard us review this movie, but you watch this movie by picking it out on your own, mm-hmm. you would totally get the feeling fifteen minutes into the movie that yeah, this family's gonna do something to this bride. We know it. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> There's it's no surprise. No surprise at all. <laughs> right. And, and the it's just and, but you also uh, getting back to the alcoholic brother, you also get the fact that he, he doesn't really have a very good relationship with his wife. Yeah, so let's bring up the uh, other members of the family. The, 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 the clown car the clown car weirdos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the um Daniel's wife, uh, Charity, played by Alyssa Levescu, 
has the whole completely above it all attitude, doesn't give a shit about anybody as long as she's married to her drunken husband and, and you know, the money is rich. Yeah. Is rich and the money just keeps rolling in, you know, just like any other rich husband and wife relationship, I guess. Um, and then there's um, the, uh, the mother and father, uh, Tony played by Henry Cizerny and Becky played by Andy McDowell. Um, they're kind of a quirky family. I would definitely say out of all of them, they seem, these two seem to be the most normal. <laughs> out of the clown car. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean like the father, you know, cause, cause Grace says, I don't think your dad likes me, but he act, the father actually kind of has this rather nice guy, jovial attitude. Right. And the mother is like, sort of like the, there's a scene in the movie where Grace wants to smoke a cigarette, mm-hmm. but, she, and she does she does smoke but she hides it right and th- the mother comes up to her and she opens up a gold cigarette case and uh she says oh do you want one to go and she goes oh no 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 i, I don't smoke at all i you know i gave it up or whatever and, <laughs> and of course you can tell the the mother knows like yeah i know you smoke but all right fine i'll, I'll, I'll cut you slack on that and this like being very nice to the new bride so right. so like i said like the, the mother and father are surprisingly like the most normal group of the whole family yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the oh you got the my favorite couple <laughs> which, uh, the, the sister the sister and, the, and, her, and, her, and her and her overweight husband yes. yeah yeah so emily played by the sister played by melanie scrofano um uh definitely is in the drugs because in the one scene <laughs> when they walk in she's got cocaine in her nose and <laughs> Later on, you see her take pills. And yeah, she even snorts cocaine in front of the mirrors. After, I know, yeah, yeah, after, yeah. After, I forget the second mishap, which we'll yeah, get yeah. into. <laughs> right. And then her husband, who's kind of like her husband, um, uh, Fitch, played by Christian uh, Brunn. He, um, he's he's kind of like the, um, God, how do I describe him? He's um, like, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be there, but he, at the same time, he's willing to participate. I'll never fly you... commercial again. All right, I could never fly commercial anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say he's like um, uh, a board observer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like he he's there and he has to like participate well, or observe. And he's, and he's, and he's getting text messages that uh, hey, you know, there's a party going on. What are you doing? He's like, I got this some family thing I got to do, or I'm at a wedding. Yeah. So you, right, you, right. You get the you get the distinct feeling there's someplace he'd rather be. <laughs> right. And then we also have. Aunt Helene, played by Nikki uh, Guadagni, who is like the most. She looks like the female Uncle Fester. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right. Or, you know, she. They made a movie about Phyllis Diller. They they (laughs) have her play this part. I mean, really. No, no, no offense to the. The deceased Phyllis Diller, but right. I just no. But they, they they really put the makeup on her and, oh, and made yeah. her up to be you know she her her white hairdo looks like she stuck her finger in a socket. Right, well, that, <laughs> that and her under eye makeup it reminded me of Uncle Fester from the Adams Family. I'm like, my goodness. I mean, she would like totally be like the the evil witch character in a Brothers Grimm story. Yeah, right? she is the wicked witch. <laughs> right, right. So. Uh, and she's like completely, she doesn't talk as much. Mm-hmm. She's, she has that look, she has that stare where like, you know, there's no emotion, no nothing, this evil looking stare. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you definitely, so this is what I mean when I say, you know, there's something sinister going on, but at the same time, it's not, 
it's very predictable and not hidden. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's almost like the warning sign is there, but you're like, uh, and now a warning. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, you know. So <laughs> so now after, a warning. Uh, Alex and Grace, you know, exchange the rings, and you know, you know, death do us part. <laughs> Twelve hours later. All <laughs> right. Uh, they get married, and then they're 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 in the mansion, and they're about to get it on. And of course, Aunt Helene pops up out of nowhere. Well, yeah, boner killer. <laughs> I know. Talk about a real cock blocker she is. <laughs> and she tells them that they got to go downstairs because they got to prepare for the family tradition. And this is where Alex finally, you know, has to reveal the the tradition, which is funny in a way because it's like. Maybe, maybe Alex should have told her about this before right. he got married. So you want me to go play a game? Shouldn't we be having sex? Well, not, <laughs> just, not just that, but in terms of the script, because it's like you know, basically he, he has the wife, the new, the bride to be has to participate in this thing. Right. So you would think that they would have, you know, like. The way how they write the Alex character, it's almost like he was hoping that they wouldn't do this. Right. But, but you then knew, again, but this, this is this is his family. He, yeah. He's been a part of this before. I'm like, he knows. Yeah. He should know this. He should know this already. So that's I why. That's why he he kind of escaped. He went. He ran away from his family for those how many years? Right. 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 But of course, he decides. Okay, I guess we're gonna have to go along with this. So he tells her mm-hmm. that. Um, we have a family tradition and uh, it basically consists of uh, you and me, you know, all of us as a family having to play a game. Mm-hmm. And of course she laughs and says, what, what do you mean by that? And it's checkers, Parcheesi, Candyland, Jess, yeah, whatever, you know, I mean, and he said something like that. <laughs> he basically says something like that. And then of course he tells her, just meet me downstairs and, you know, we'll see how it goes. So, she comes downstairs and they all gather together in the, uh, the special room. The that, game room. <laughs> the game room. It's only used for um, the new bride or groom to be, yeah, basically. Because every house has one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, she even says that, yeah. <laughs> in her own, every like, house in, has in, her, in her monologue kind of play. So, um, uh, so they, they sit down and the dad course is all nice and jovial like he's totally excited to do this uh tells the uh, history of the whole concept of this ceremony as well as the um how the family has become basically rich and um as i said in the plot synopsis but i'll repeat it here um their ancestor victor lee damas back during the civil war era was a successful, I ran a successful printing shop that made uh, cards. Playing cards, yeah. Playing cards, okay. But before that, he was a uh, merchant seaman who had met this mysterious man named Laval. <laughs> yeah, Laval, a, yeah. A, a seaman met a guy named Laval. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and by the way, the last name of this family is Lee Damas. So, you know, they're <laughs> so, Dumbass. so have fun with the jokes, folks, because so far we haven't. But anyways, uh, but here's the thing that it just writes itself. Lee Damas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And, and it does, too. But it's, yeah. it's, it's a Red it's, Foreman joke from the 70s show. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so uh, Laval 
did the, he was basically an antique do- collector of sorts and he would like collect various antiques from all around the world and he would sell them to wealthy americans basically mm-hmm. and while at sea he would occasionally run into um uh victor and they would play cards mm-hmm. on on a voyage or two and then of course on one voyage Laball. Uh, makes a bet with Victor and presents to him a special puzzle box that could definitely be out of like a remake of the, of Hellraiser if they ever considered this thing. And basically, it's basically Laval makes a bet with Victor and that if Victor figures out how to open the puzzle box, Laval will finance any business endeavor that Victor wants to do. So, you know, it's like like a month or so out at sea. So Victor is like trying to figure out how to open this box. And then finally he does. And, and of course, Laval has financed his varying business businesses and the family managed to become very wealthy over the many generations selling popular board games and sporting goods, mm-hmm. which kind of the, the, the board game thing is a theme in this movie, but the one that kind of sort of gets like sort of slightly short shrift is the sporting goods aspect of it. Right. Unless you get to, unless you pay attention to the fact that they're running around with, you know, guns and crossbows because that is part of the hunting sporting goods. Yeah. It's, I'd say more hunting than sporting goods. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, there were a lot of basketballs back in the day. Oh well, yeah. But it's it, it, sports. It, it technically it's te- technically it falls under the sporting goods because right. it's hunting for animals or sport. livestock it is technically a sport so but you are but I do get what you're saying so um so so he explains the history behind this whole thing and then he he gets into the concept of what the game is and basically um the bride or groom um has to place a card in this puzzle box and then place it inside, and then it'll set a timing system, and the card will, and the box will open up, and it'll have the card in there, and it will have a marker on it that says what game that they're going to play. So Grace puts the card in, and opens it up, and what does it say, Tim? Hide and seek. So of course, but, you know, Grace... I'm, 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 let's take a pause real quick and, and backtrack a little bit. Everybody around the table, oh, they all put a card in, correct? You said no, they only put one card in. They only put one card in, but everyone at the table takes a card because everyone at the table gets a card. Yeah. When, okay, yeah, all right. which that doesn't make much sense. If it was just a bride that had to pick a card, why why is everybody going around the table yeah. to pick a card? You know what I'm saying? Because they like, oh, I got this, and then then, then it goes to them, then they place a box for someone and gets another card, and then they finally get to. Uh, Samara Weaving's character, um, and she picks a card, but that's the game they have to play. So why didn't they just? Was it? It's not like building suspense or anything like that. Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't catch that though. Like, I, I didn't think what that was. Yeah, because I was like, when you said that, I'm like, well, were they putting the cards in or taking cards out? Because I thought they were taking cards out. So the card, I guess, the cards are already preloaded, correct? Or in the box? Uh, I know. I I thought in the scene the dad puts a card in the box. Maybe he does. Maybe yeah. Maybe he does. But everybody else takes a card out. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty I, sure. Maybe, dear listeners, maybe help us out with that if you can. Yeah, send us an email and tell us that we're wrong. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we could we do this live and we actually had live callers tell us, no, you got it wrong, <laughs> Well, that would be a lot of the time then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but at any rate. Yeah, at any rate, yes. She, she picks hide and seek. Right. And then 
she of course is like, oh, okay, I guess that's the game we're playing. And then, of course, Alex looks completely, completely yeah, bummed yeah, because yeah. that was probably the one he was hoping they wouldn't do. And right. and, and he, he wants uh, to vomit now. <laughs> yeah, and then Daniel it looks like he's just. Like, oh, man, is this what it's going to be? And then everybody else is like, oh, well, I guess this is what we're playing. So so they have Grace basically look for a place to hide. Right. And then they're going to find her. Right. Now, now, and and, he, and he, she talks to the old man, the, the father, and she's like, well, um, how long do we play this game for? And he's like, well, you hide anywhere on the property and we find you. And she's like, "Well, okay, um, but you have an you have an advantage. Uh, you, you know this place inside and out. You've got security cameras, and like, oh no, we turn off the cameras. Um, we're gonna keep it, you know, everything okay, um, much like they did back in the olden days." And she goes, and goes oh, "What's the end, you end, know end what? game?" And I guess the, the end game is like, "Well, you have to keep hidden till dawn." Oh, and I till dawn, and she's like, "Oh, all night." <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." Oh. I think she wanted to end it pretty quickly. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Tim, and it's interesting too. I like how I will give this credit. I like how the father character sticks with the concept of not having the cameras on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he wants to make it fair. Right. <laughs> Whereas everybody else doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Like, what the, turn the fucking cameras on. <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, so Grace goes off and hides. Mm-hmm. She finds like one of the dumb waiters and right. hides in it. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, we start seeing all the, the family members grabbing guns and crossbows. <laughs> and I believe the Aunt Helene character grabs like this medieval axe. Right. Right. And, and she's like, what? She goes, why don't we have this old crusty gun? I've got a nine millimeter in my purse and she goes, or, some, or some sort of gun in her purse. And you're like, no, it's got to be ancient weapons from the, the times. There's, there's tradition. And he's like, you cannot use a new firearm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I find that interesting too that they they're using like all these old weapons to go after to go after her. Oh my her. god! Now, so um, the read now the reason for this is because so the man that um, their ancestor uh, Victor Lee Demas apparently made this deal with Labal. <laughs> you said ball. Uh, yeah, I said ball. Yeah. Apparently, involves some aspect of the supernatural or 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 demonic. Or demonic. They're, it it kind of gets vague because right. it's like okay, so they told this history about how Victor had to solve the mystery of this puzzle box, and then Labal says, "I will finance whatever business uh, project that you bring to me." Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well. So he solved it, but then why would there be a demonic pact with this whole thing? It doesn't really, it doesn't really quite gel because it's like, wouldn't it be the other way around where like, let's say Labal appears to, to Victor right. and, and, and Victor bemoans his fate that he can't be rich and, and famous. And Labal says, well, uh, how about this? You sign away your soul to me and I'll give you whatever it is you want. I mean, but instead it, it all involves the concept of this puzzle box. And I'm like, but how does that seal the deal of you being involved with demonic forces? It's yeah. like, I don't like it. It's interesting, but it feels like an idea that's not very well developed. 
I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I just, I... yeah, it 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 it, it, it definitely uh, requires a little bit more explanation, I think. Um, yeah. But at that point, they just wanted to get to the, I guess, the action part of the movie. Um, well, no, yeah, you're right. But I mean, like, there's moments in the film where, like, they'll yeah. like throw out the exposition and everything, and it's like, okay, well, you know, it would have helped if they had like more of an explanation as to why they have to do this. But also, and now this kind of would defeat the purpose of the whole concept of the movie. But I do have to say though, why would this family have to go through this whole pretense of, you know, trying to, um, kill the bride by having her hide in the mansion, you know, cause they got to kill her before dawn. Right. Cause that's the time of the sacrifice. So wouldn't it make a lot more sense to just, um, I don't know, like, put some kind of knockout uh or like put some kind of sedative in her or in her champagne, in her or champagne and then like have her like pass out and then okay here right we go yeah. i mean yeah and then like okay let's let's all right let's pass well, out we got like I f- think... five minutes till she wakes up so we'll strap her to this table and proceed to uh you know <laughs> well i think honestly i think that there would there is a point and maybe it wasn't well defined enough for for some that she it wasn't a foregone conclusion that they were going to kill her or have to have her sacrificed on her wedding night. I think if she didn't, if she picked any other card other than, or if the other card, if there was another card for another game, she probably wouldn't have had to die. I'm thinking that it was like, left up to the fates that... of the of this demonic person. That it's a wedding night. It's the bride. We get them there. Then he he, he like, I guess makes a random decision like, hey. We, you, you don't kill her. Yeah, you do kill her because there are other people that are married into the family and they play the same game and they're still alive. But can you imagine if she pulled out the card that doesn't says that we're not going to kill her? Yeah, well, then there would be a fucking movie. movie. Yeah, I, know. I know, but, then, but that's what I mean when I say, then what's the point of the card? I mean, like, just, you know, it would have been so much better if they didn't go through that whole pretense of that and just, you know. Had her shake and make a magic eight ball instead. <laughs> or at least say, we're going to play a game and. Whichever game comes out, that's what we're going to play. Instead of saying, if it comes out blank, then, you know, we're going to have to do anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, because if it came out blank, we wouldn't have a movie. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the idea behind this is a little a little sketchy in terms okay. of the setup of it. I mean, it, it's, I guess it's not a bad idea, but it just feels like, on the one hand, it's mm-hmm. interesting. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, wait a minute, if you really break down the story of how this is put together some of this stuff doesn't really quite make a a whole hell of a lot of sense in terms of how it's connecting <laughs> right oh. but with that aside so grace is trying to hide while the family is looking for her. obviously she has no idea what's going on and, she, and she's not taking it very seriously because she wants to be found because she she wants to get on with her wedding night and her honeymoon and all the other good shit becomes becoming a, a bride and being part of. A yeah, family. I mean she's married to Alex. You know, I mean the it's, you know they 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 want to consummate their love and then and then she's married into this rich family because she was originally a um, a foster child and you know I mean so I mean there's so many other good things besides this stupid game they gotta play right. <laughs> to look forward to. Right. But, but, so after a while, Grace kind of sort of gets a little tired of this shit, and she wants to get over. Yeah. yeah, once again, so she gets out of the dumbwaiter, and and um, there's a moment where she gets her dress caught, so she, I think she like tears it ha- right. in half, mm-hmm. 
it since she's walking and then suddenly Alex appears from behind a, a corner and you know puts his hand over her mouth and like pulls her into the into room right and then and then they have to hide again because one of the maids <laughs> there's these three oh. maids in this movie <laughs> and, and they was... all they all have this weird look Right. They have like this weird sexual allure to them, but at the same time, the they're way all, how they're decked out—they're all brunette. They're, they're all yeah, dark they're all haired. brunette. One of them is Asian. One of them is like you know, um, I think Caucasian, uh, and and the other one I think is like um, like Mexican or whatever the hell. Spanish, yes, yes, yeah, Spanish, yes. Yeah. So then, but the the way how their hair is designed, it's like pulled back. It looks much like Lilith from Frasier's hairstyle. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So. Uh, one of them wanders. Oh God! Them... <laughs> I know I shouldn't be laughing because it's so twisted, but it's hilarious. One of the, yeah, one of them walks in, and, and suddenly, the the um, the the sister, uh, the crackhead, yes, yeah, the, yeah, the coke snorting, uh, <laughs> popping sister. I got her! I found her! Yeah, bang! She shoots this made in the, the face. face in the eye socket i think right and, and 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 the maid is still dying going through death throes mm-hmm. and then emil i'm sorry emily is like completely she's like i got him i got him and they run over and they go no it's one of the maids you shot the daughter. help <laughs> yeah you shot the help and it turns out it's like one of their favorites i think yeah. it was the, oh the father's god. favorites yeah. oh my god what did you do I thought I had her. Like, is she wearing a white dress? <laughs> yeah, and, and now I will say, like I said, the humor in this movie gets a little much, but I did find this scene a little, a little funny because it, the way how they just argue about this situation involving, it, <laughs> involving this. It's like, oh shit, you broke my favorite, uh, you know, glass or you know, vase or something. You like broke that. my favorite maid. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and and she and, was and, my favorite. And and Emily is like crying, and she goes, I I don't know if I can do this and they're like don't I'm such worry a, about I'm it I'm such a loser you guys don't love me he's like no yeah. we love you you're fine it was an accident <laughs> until <laughs> so you know they have to drag the maid's dead body out and of course Alex and Grace witness this whole thing so then it turns out there's like hidden passageways in this mansion so uh, they go through a hidden passageway and Alex is basically going to try to escape with her but what he's got to do is unlock the gate so they can get out. So he's got to go to the security room. Right, right, right. And, um, you know, meanwhile, he's trying to explain to Grace this whole thing. And she literally is like, and you couldn't tell me about this? And, and she, like, like slaps him. She's like, I know. And he's like, I tried to tell. I tried. And it's true, though, too. He did try to give her an out. But to be fair about this, he was, again, being very cryptic about it. So yeah. he should have just told her straight up, listen. Honey, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, what's going to happen is, is that after we get married, we're going to have to play this game. And if you pick out this card that says hide and seek, my family is going to have to kill you. Literally. So, you still want to get married? He goes, he goes, would you have believed me if I told you? He, he tried. To, he was trying to do some rationale. And he ended up finally selling her on his point of view. Um, yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> But nevertheless, so he tells her to go towards where the kitchen is at. Right. And he's going to unlock the gate. Well, but isn't there a moment where, like, she, um, what is it? She, uh, she runs into the, she, she runs into the main dining, main hallway and she finds, like, one of the gun displays. 
right. It's like right. an elephant gun. Right, right. Yeah, the yeah, elephant and gun and the strap it, of takes yeah. Bullets. Yeah, and so she's gonna use it in case anybody tries to kill her. So she's in the kitchen waiting for the door to be unlocked, and then the the, the butler walks in. And he starts making and tea. She, yeah, he starts he starts making tea, and he and she loads the gun up, and then once when Alex manages to turn off the uh, turn on the he turns on the security cameras and he unlocks the gates. Mm-hmm. You know she's going to try to shoot the butler because the butler says you know I'm you know you know tells her to put the gun down and she won't and then she pulls the trigger and it turns out it doesn't go off it's a and then prop. Goes, it's a prop gun you think we actually have the real shit laying around the house <laughs> and then she takes the the, the 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 teapot and smacks it over his head right. and he's got a knife and he tries like to cut her and it doesn't quite work in his favor well what, so I, what, I, what i liked was she trying to load the gun she was listening to he was like hover uh, humming like some sort of the overture of uh, the what, some it? opera. Yeah, I think it was like some kind of Tchaikovsky opera. Right, right. And she was waiting, but da dum bum bum bum, and then it, and she'd like cock the gun and load the bear and load the. It was very trying to be as, as quiet as possible. Yes, but yeah, she ended up hitting him in the face with uh, with a tea kettle. <laughs> so she escapes from there, and then she ends up, I think, in like another. She ends up in another. No, 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 no. She's still in the in the in the house. Okay. There's, there's a moment in the movie where she ends up in the. Um, oh, cause that, I think she, she ends up in like. So, no, she ends up in the billiard room and she gets found by the brother Daniel. Right, remember? right. Yeah, who's drinking again? And he's like, "Well, yeah." Um, he's like, "Well, let's have a drink." He goes, "I, I you know, I, I really do like you. I don't want to see you die, but this is my family, so I'm going to give you like a 10 second head start, you know." Um, right. And so he's counting, obviously, very, very slowly. And I believe this is, and then he, then finally, as she's running away, he says she's in here, and everybody comes, a racing, and I believe this is where the second fuck up of the sister happens. Correct? Oh yeah, I think so. Be, be, because where... because they're fighting over the, the the crossbow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the sister accidentally fires it, and it just, it's the other it's... maid in the throat. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, it's the, inside the mouth. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and she's dying. And because the maid, again, run, because, oh yeah, because the maid comes running into the billiard room, and she's like, "I found her, I found," her. and then, ah, boom! She's like, she was trying to, she was futzing with the thing, and he was like, he's like, again, Emily, or whatever her name is, again, right, right. quit and, killing and, the help. And this other maid is like also going through death throes, and then Aunt Helene finally just can't take it, and she grabs her trusty medieval axe and chops the head off, and they're all like, "Oh my god!" and everything. Yeah. Oh, and then later on, there's a scene where um, Grace tries to hide the dumb waiter again, uh-huh. and she, and then um, it turns out that one of the uh, other, the last of the Maid. help is, yeah. Maid, yeah, is hiding in there, and she tries to get out, and then she pushes the button by accident, and the she and tries the door, to help her, yes, yeah, and the door, and the, she tries to help the help, yeah, and the door crushes the maid, and it, like like almost cuts her in half, right. <laughs> She's oh killing God. all. She's and then they believe they say she's killing all our help. <laughs> but you know what's funny is that, so, despite the fact that, you know, the Grace character is like completely terrified and she's like, you know, like she's not even like doing a lot of defending for herself. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to get out. Right. But, you know, like in the case of the maids, they're all dying <laughs> because they're all been killed by accident. Yes. And and the family. Particularly, the dad begins to wonder if, you know, 
perhaps Grace is able to, you know, she has like a special skill to fight her way out of the house, <laughs> even though it's like, no, it's not what it is. It's just, bl- it's just blind luck and, right. and, and stupidity on, on, on your family's parts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, your <laughs> they, daughter took out two of them by herself. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, they're like, do you think she's going to do it to us? Or something like that? <laughs> but so, oh, and of course it's very imperative that they kill this girl because, you know, the whole pact between, the the Lee Dumas family and uh, the Labal because you know because um, there's a moment where the father says you know this happened to somebody else in the family and you don't want to know what happened to them and they're like well what happened like well there was a fire and I, I you know what I can't tell you anymore about it it's just yeah it's just in the papers they call it a fire but it wasn't yeah. a fire yeah and he said it was horrible just take it take it as my word okay right <laughs> but so so Grace eventually does get outside. There's a moment. Like, there was a moment in the movie where um, the uh, the the loudish husband Fitch, you know, the the husband of the Emily right, character, right. Mm-hmm. he he has a crossbow and he can't. He doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> oh, that's early. That's an early in the film. Yeah. Yes. So he's like actually sitting on a toilet watching like a YouTube video on how to use, <laughs> how to use a crossbow. <laughs> but there's a moment where he's sitting on a couch by a window. And Grace manages to jump from the second story floor to the first story to get out. And she manages to get out and she tries to flag a car down. But it turns out the car is just some dude driving in a Ferrari that tells her to fuck off. She goes, all, are all rich people's douche nozzles? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she tries to escape. Yeah, but, but but the fact, before she escapes, before she almost gets run over by the Ferrari, she like really like almost gives, you know, cuts herself in like two with the, the trying to force herself through the um the fence if you remember that the the the, the piece of metal that right, under right. her rib cage it was uh, that that was that was kind of that was kind of gnarly <laughs> going so, on no and then um so eventually she does get captured no no i'm sorry she um at one point she ends up in the stables and she falls through this cellar area which has like Dead bodies of goats and People. as well, yeah, and, and and maybe a skeletal body or two, and um, she manages to get out. No, what happened originally was that she was in that stable, right? And one of Emily and Fitch's sons, yes, was in there, and, and he a... was, and he must have snuck in there to look at the horses or whatever, but. He, she tries to befriend, befriend him, you know. Yeah, but then what does he do to her? He shoots her in the hand with a gun. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then, then knocks falls. her backwards into the. Oh, no, 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 no! Shoots her in the hand, and then she punches the kid and knocks him out, and then she, she falls, falls into the into the cellar thing. So she eventually manages to get herself out of there, and there's a moment where like the ladder is breaking, and she has to reach for the top. So, so oh, she yeah. takes her. I, I I actually thought this thing was very effective. Yeah, she takes her hand that has the, the bullet hole in wound it. through it. And she places it on a, a on a nail that's sticking up on the on the ledge, mm. so she can anchor her hand and pull herself up, oh. screaming in pain. I know. I was like, "Oh my God, Jesus Christ!" You know, it, 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 you know. There's only a few times in, in in horror movies I cringe. That was one of them. That was very cringy. I mean, like, oh, not cringy as like as fake or like silly, but just like cringeworthy like oh my god that really looks like it hurts <laughs> like that i could imagine the pain right and then, then she eventually gets out and then the uh, butler catches up to her and and, and catches her mm-hmm. 
and of course the family is all happy because now they can they can you know um, get back with the well, ceremony. Well, here, here's well, the funny part: is she she beats the living snot out of and almost kills the uh, butler in, in the car because you know, he because he, ch- he chases her down. They have a they have a fight, and she wins, and she jumps in the car. And she's driving away, and she calls like OnStar or their version of OnStar, and saying that hey, I need medical attention, blah blah blah. He goes, oh well, this car's been reported stolen, ma'am. We can't. Uh, yeah, she's so the, bad the, about that. The, 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 the police, like, the police will be here in no time. <laughs> yeah. And so the car's dead. She can't move. But then the, the butler comes gets her. Okay, but the conversation between the two of them is is like ridiculous because it, it, it's like she says, "I need you to call the police." Okay, ma'am. Um, so are you need need of any kind of me- no just call the police right now call the police right now he goes um well Somebody's i can't trying to kill me yeah yeah he goes well i can't well, why not because this car is reported stolen and i'm gonna and she's like are you kidding me? I, i'm gonna have to shut the car off i'm sorry ma'am is there anything else i can do for you and she goes fuck you and he goes okay goodbye <laughs> yeah that, that, there's no there's no, there's no need for that kind of language <laughs> yeah. basically and... so then the but so the butler catches up with her and knocks her out and throws her in the car mm-hmm. and then that they, you know, he he calls the family on his phone to show them through video that he's got her, but of course, he doesn't quite have her tied up very well, and he doesn't notice that she's waking up, and he's listening to music in this car, not paying attention. More classical music, and he's yep. and he's humming along, and he's very happy with himself, and and the and the and the family is very happy at first until through the skyping thing and through the the recording that they can see her, like stirring and getting up and you know about to attack him and they're like telling him hey you gotta watch out she's a, she's not a, she's a not oh she's awake <laughs> basically then she manages to swerve the car and you know they crash mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere uh during the after they crash suddenly uh daniel shows up <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere he goes <laughs> This is my this is my thinking spot or my hiding spot. You know, you found it, <laughs> basically. But it turns out no, it isn't because um, uh, he he I believe he doesn't he knock her out. Yeah, I think I he think, uses yeah. like a butt of the gun and just cold, yeah. cold cocks her. Yeah. Yep. Does that, and then in the meantime, Alex is tied up, so or he's handcuffed he's, to his uh, to bed. The, yeah, to the to the, uh, the foot of the bed. And he's working hard trying to get out of there. He's trying to he uses the uh, the chain on the handcuffs to tr- to uh, try to um, I guess basically gnaw his way or saw his way out of um, out of the wooden frame <laughs> or the, the part of the bedding frame. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then um, I'm trying to think. So um, and the mother, the mother in the film in, in in this is trying to uh, convince uh, Daniel to no, I'm sorry, trying to convince Alex. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know he needs to come back into the the, the family fold and right. uh, you know participate in this, but he doesn't want doesn't want to. Right, and you know he's, and he basically tells her that you know he he worked so hard trying to get away from this family, and all he wanted to do was get married, and he loves her, loves this woman, um, and he would choose her over any of the any of you people any day of the week, and he's basically not going to go through with this. This and he wants out, you know. And she's telling him that, well, you're a better person than I am, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, this is going to happen <laughs> anyway. Uh, right. And he's like, well, then if that happens, I'm going to kill you, basically. <laughs> so they knock. So finally, um, 
Alex is more or less not participating in this ceremony and they tie down, they tie down grace to the table and they're going to perform the ritualistic sacrifice. And, um, there's a, um, so, but they have to drink, um, blood from a ceremonial cup. Oh yeah. Now was it blood from grace or was it from like an animal i'm trying to remember. I, I, you know i think it, it may have been from an animal because i don't oh, think well, it probably was from one of the goats though, yeah probably it? yeah probably but what happens is is that after they drink from this the ceremonial cup they they begin to vomit yeah and blood and it's because daniel put in like some a little, just a, a wee bit of hydrochloric acid. Yeah, he was, he, he was, and he tells her, not not enough to kill them, but enough to get make him shit for a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or to have the shits for a week. <laughs> but uh, what happens is, is that Char- his wife Charity shows up and decides to shoot Daniel in his neck, letting him. Well, you know, Daniel was protecting Sarah. I mean, not Sarah Weaving, but Sarah Weaving's character. What was her name? Um, the bride um, in front of. I know the character's name, Samara, but what's what's uh, what? Grace? Grace, Grace. He's trying to protect Grace. He's like, honey, and he, and he jumps in front of Grace, and he's like, honey, please don't kill her. He's like, I'll do whatever I have to do. You know my upbringing. I don't. I would rather be dead than be poor. And he's basically trying, almost talks her down. And I think she accident. I don't think she meant to shoot him, but she accidentally shoots him. And then yeah, that, but and she does it anyway. Yeah, yeah, she wants to do anything to to to, to have that sweet. Sweet money. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, she she ends up killing him. Don't know if it was uh, a malice, but yeah, she she. I don't know if it was a complete accident or not, but yeah, she she kills him. Uh, and I think this is when we see the other brother turn because. I th- well, at one point, yes, you're right. Because what happens is is that um, Grace uh, is attacked by the mother, and, then and she, she defends ta- herself. Yeah, she she kills. So Grace kills the mother. I think she takes the. That little puzzle box and right. beats, she her, beats, her, with it. beats her yeah, death with it, yeah. And of course, Alex sees her mother dead and then suddenly decides, you know what, we're gonna. Well, I don't think that was a turning s- point per se. There, I think that might have been the the uh, uh, sway because he said he was gonna kill his mom anyway if they killed Grace. But I think his brother was the grounding factor in that. That he, now his, now his brother's dead, his mom's dead, um, and now everything's kind of turning to shit. So now he's kind of, I, I think he just snapped. I don't know if he was really. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a. We don't really know yeah. what his intention. I mean, yeah, I, I he's kind, kind of, of wishy-washy with this right now. But yeah, yeah. The, well, the story for it is for that for that turning point is indeed very wishy-washy. It's not really sure one way or the other. Would you know why he decides to turn like that? But mm-hmm. uh, nevertheless, Alex finally decides. You know what? Uh, fuck this marriage. I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice my my wife to. Uh, um, <laughs> well, that's another problem too. So there's a moment where, um, when they put Grace back on the on the on the table to be sacrificed, uh-huh. um, they you know they see the whole chant and everything, and then at one point, one of them just screams out "Hail Satan!" and they all do, and I'm like, so. Are they? So is Labal supposed to be Satan in disguise, or what? Or is? Because this is the thing, though. I I felt had this had this movie been about these people sacrificing her to to 
to Satan mm-hmm. instead of this other character that they talk about, I, I would have I would be like, oh, okay. But this it just gets confusing why they would you know I, I don't know maybe I'm reading too deep into it mm-hmm. but I mean it just felt like it would have been a little better then if they're going to go down that route right. of, in the humor of them saying hail Satan you know then maybe they should have been just been good old fashioned Satanists and trying right. to, this to sacrifice to this Labal character that we never right <laughs> oh but he does make an appearance toward the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very brief. It's yes. quite the cameo. But anyway, <laughs> um, so in the meantime, um, the house is on fire. I think there was a moment where, like, they knock over a lantern. I think right. Grace threw a lantern at uh, at someone, and it, like... It lit the, like, the, the, the curtain's on fire or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the meantime, the house is on fire. But, but they're but, in another wing. They're, they're in the uh, study, I guess. Yeah, I think they're in the game room, I think. Yes. I think, yeah. Right. So... So the sun's coming up soon, and they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to get this sacrifice shit going soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alex is gonna be the one to perform the uh, the good old thrusting the knife into the chest routine. Mm-hmm. But at one point, Alex kind of misses and hits Grace's shoulder. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't say wakes her up, but like you know. I forget how does she get free because she's kind of tied down, right? Yeah, but when he stabs her in the shoulder by accident, basically she quickly gets up from the table because mm-hmm. I think he's supposed to stab her in the chest. Right, that's what they're supposed to do. But he stabs her in the shoulder. Well, that's where the heart is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's where the heart is. And she gets up, and the sun comes up, and then all of a sudden everybody panics, like the end is near. And they all right. like we're, cower. We're, well, well, the uh, the the um, ant rips open the curtain. And she goes, "It's too late, it's dawn." And the sun comes in, and they they all brace them, like they're gonna like evaporate like vampires, you know, like ah! and they all look at her around. And was like, "Do you feel anything? No. Do you feel anything? No. Um, no. Are, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay." Okay, and they're like, now then they're they look at each other, they look at Grace, and they're like, huh, oh, sorry, kind of like, what do you yeah, want to do where now? The, where that guy Fitch is like, it's like, I knew this whole thing was bullshit. bullshit. He said, or something and then, like and that. And then like two seconds later, snap, he tur- he explodes in like chunky soup. Boof. Yeah, yeah, everybody starts exploding. Aunt Helene yeah. explodes. The, the 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 cocaine addicted sister. Right. The, the husbands. The, and everyone the, explodes. And then the 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 wife and the two kids they run out of the room and then you hear their pop 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 explosions. Yeah, and the blood flies out. Yeah. Like they run I'm into like, another I'm room. Like, you know, and that was probably the most tasteful way to do it because you're not going to have get explode kids on stage on on, on film. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a horror movie. Yeah, they're, they're it, so... it, Well, you know, in it chapter two, we actually see the kids get killed in that yes that's so true. but although but those are yeah there, there is an unwritten rule in horror movies you don't really try to kill children on screen <laughs> if at all possible well, uh, one day that rule will change yeah <laughs> but uh yeah and then of course now that alex and grace are left all alone alex suddenly does an about face and he's like, well, well I guess, like, I, I, since I didn't kill you, I guess everything's okay, right, honey? No, no, the, don't the curse, leave the curse me. Is gonna, the curse is not going to affect me. We don't, she goes, I want a divorce. Yeah, she, then, goes, and she, the she takes up. the ring off. And, and, and as soon as she, 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 she hits him in the nose with it, he 
explodes into chunky soup too. <laughs> and then while the mansion's on fire, she walks out outside in the backyard, mm-hmm. covered in blood and grew and slime. Right. And she sits down while the place is burning, and you can hear like fire trucks and police arriving. Yeah. And she sits down and starts puffing on a cigarette, and then you hear a police officer come off screen and say, "Man, what's what's going on? What happened? What happened here?" And then what does she say? Fire. <laughs> you know, no, she, she says something else. What did she, I don't. What did she say? She <laughs> says, "In-laws." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the movie's over. Yeah, but she triumphantly runs. Uh, she not to say triumph. Yeah, but triumphantly walks out of the uh, the house while the thing is burning. And it took me a while to understand, but there was a it was a great rendition of "Love Me Tender." Um, <laughs> which I thought was a, a nice touch. But now that the whole family is dead, does she inherit the wealth? You know, that's a very good question. I don't know. I, I wonder they'd have to talk to Satan about that and their lawyers. Because <laughs> technically, she still is married. Yeah, they're going to get Lionel Hutz to, uh, <laughs> from Treehouse of Terrors. He says, when Homer's trying to, trying to, 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 to get out of selling his soul to the devil, yeah. Lionel Hutz says, what is a binding contract? It is a contract that says you are legally bounded to the deal that you made yes. <laughs> or something to that effect. Right. Legally it, it, binding. Right. <laughs> Pretty much giving away the case. <laughs> right. And there's like, and we realized that Homer Simpson, before he made that deal, was already married to Marge and technically his soul is hers. So he couldn't sell what he doesn't have. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Homer, you get your soul back. <laughs> oh. But lay, but how did he say it? Oh, I forget. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been but a while. may you be cursed of a donut on your head. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but so that's pretty much uh, ready or not. Um, you know, I mean, I will give it a thumbs in the middle. Like All I right. said, I didn't love it, didn't hate it, but I would, even with thumbs in the middle, I would say this movie makes for a, a passable time waster. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there are some interesting moments and there are some parts where it's kind of like wonky, but. Yeah. You know, for the most part, everybody did a pretty decent job on the production in terms of like how they played their roles and, you know, what they what 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 parts they were playing and and you know the, at least movie. You know, that's the thing though too. I'm not a big fan. I didn't really love the story that much, but it does move. The story does flow. It, yeah, it, effectively. it moves at a brisk a brisk pace. You don't feel yeah. like. Um... Oh my God! This when is this movie going to be over with? Kind of thing. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. looking at your watch every two minutes, saying, "Oh, shit. 135 minutes. What's going on here?" No, <laughs> this movie is. This movie is like 90 minutes. Yeah, I, I, my I, personal opinion for a horror movie of this type, completely yeah. reasonable running time. Yeah, so. I, I, anywhere between yeah, anywhere between, anywhere between like an hour and 25, an hour and 35 minutes is perfectly fine because you figure at least six to seven minutes is going to be, um, you know, credits. <laughs> So you ended up with about a, about an hour and twenty seven minute movie, <laughs> right? But uh, Tim, what um, you know? What's your final I, verdict? I liked it a little bit more than you did, so I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. But I I, I can see your your you made some valid points, and I, I and I get that. I, I just had a little more fun with it. I well, think. they're valid until the um, until the fan email comes in. So yeah, <laughs> yeah then I'm going to flip flop like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, stop it! <laughs> Tim, divide and conquer. Don't let the fans divide and conquer. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Chris, you're a jerk. <laughs> and you smell weird. <laughs> you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Chris. <laughs> Ooh, I went to film school. <laughs> oh, that's like, I just sit there going, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> well, la-dee-da. 
the future of this podcast comes to <laughs> comes to this some rando email yeah <laughs> no uh, but uh, so i mean i guess do you have anything else to add uh, yeah, on ready or not i, I have, well i said um i mentioned one of the fun facts already the song love me tender by elvis presley was cut co- was was covered and remade especially for this film and I've got four other w- little fun facts real quick. Number one, uh, the film writers Guy Busick and Ryan Murphy c- make a cameo at 32 minutes and 16 seconds as a crossbow experts a crossbow experts in the YouTube video. So it's the uh, two directors making a cameo, telling uh, our, our buddy how to work a crossbow. You know, it would be funny if those guys really did a YouTube video of that before making <laughs> this movie. And they're like, you know what? Can we like find a way to expand this into a movie? It's like, right, oh, right. A crossbow. Oh, what if these rich people were hunting down a bride to be or groom to be, and then, you know, one of the characters has to like figure out how to use a crossbow. Like, oh, perfect. <laughs> right, right. Oh man. Uh, number two, they submitted nearly two hundred fictional board game names, but only eight or so were cleared by the legal department. <laughs> uh, oh my god. <laughs> uh, number three, the. How do you pronounce the, uh, the the name family's name again? Uh, Damas, Lee Damas. The Lee Damas family empire of a board game is is based on the now defunct game manufacturers Milton Bradley Company and Parker Brothers. Uh, Milton Bradley and Parker Brothers uh, games are now owned by Hasbro. <laughs> Yo, and finally, um, number five because we skipped number four. I already said that one. Goat Pit was the only set built for this film. The rest was uh, all used um, the regular sets, and the I guess the castle was used for a few different films. I, I didn't grab those fun facts because for due to time constraints. So yeah, that's what I got for fun facts. So well, I mean, I think we've um, we've exhausted our uh, resources on talking about Ready or Not. So now we're gonna yeah have to talk about the next movie. Right. So but before that, <laughs> we will now take a quick intermission pause. Then we'll roll that trailer for The Hunt from 2020, and we'll be back in under five, everyone. See you then. See that article? 
Every year, these liberal elites kidnap a bunch of normal folks like us and hunt us for sport. The last I heard, free speech still exists. Don't First Amendment me. It wasn't real. Everybody get out of here! We were joking. There's been a killing spree. You gotta come here right now. You actually believed we were hunting human beings for sport. <laughs> but you are. We have an opportunity here to teach these people. These are not real people. They're actors. I'm playing an Arab refugee, but I identify as white. I think that's problematic too, in some way. You wanted it to be real, so you decided it was. kind of sick people would even think of something like that? White people. We're the worst. Okay, Christopher Big Dog Cannon, take it away, sir. All right, so we are talking about The Hunt from 2020. It is directed by Craig Zobel and written by Damon Lindoff and Nick Kuse. Uh, the Hunt opens in a rather swank office in which a woman by the name of Athena Stone, played by Hilary Swank, is participating in a group text with her friends. After some brief back and forth complaining about what the President of the United States did recently, and in case you are unaware, the criticism is levied towards uh, Donald Trump. So uh, Athena texts that she cannot wait to participate in the group's upcoming vacation to, quote, hunt of deplorables, unquote, at some manor house. Time passes and we are introduced to... It's a cottage. It's a cottage or whatever. <laughs> Manor house, cottage. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, time passes and we are introduced to 10 people who are left stranded in the middle of the woods. Most of these people have no specific names and are mostly referred by descriptions of what they are wearing or where they're from. At any rate, these 10 people find a giant crate and a crowbar. They open it to find an assortment of guns, ammo, and knives. Once these 10 people are armed... They are immediately being picked off one by bloody one by hunters, which are a bunch of rich elites that lean very far left of Democrats. Most of the victims are identified as right-wingers, and the hunters have very little trouble taking their prey down. However, they didn't expect one of their prey, Crystal May Creasy, played by Betty Gilpin, to be a former U.S. soldier who had done a tour of Afghanistan, and she has the skills to fight back, which may prove to be a problem for Athena and her merry band of rich dummies. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I wish this plot line could be like a little more in depth, like the one I did for um, Ready or Not. But yeah, uh, it, uh, it, it you you yeah yeah and, and hit it around the head. It, there's really not much else to say. Mm. Um, uh, and and you know, Chris and I were talking off air, and these movies are very similar to other films that came out in the early '90s. One was Surviving the Game starring Gary Busey and Ice-T, and the other one was uh, No Escape starring uh, Ernie Hudson and Ray Liotta. Both came out, uh, coming out around 94, one having to do with Ice-T where he is a street pro- like a, a homeless street prophet, and he is abducted and then basically thrown in the woods and hunted for sport by a rich elite. Um, <laughs> and kind of the same thing with No Escape. No Escape was Ray Liotta is this uh, military uh, personnel that kills his supervisor 
um, and now is he, he has escaped from other maximum security prisons, so they throw him on this island where other, um, I guess, soldiers hunt him for sport. So, so basically, the but the exception is, is that those two films, regardless of what you would think about them in terms of their nature, yes. are very, as I can recall, were very serious films, quote-unquote. Yeah, this is more, this is more of a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of like horror, like social commentary kind of like yeah. movie thingy. <laughs> Lack I of a be, better I gotta, word, thingy. I gotta, I gotta be honest, I don't know if I can review this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will try, I'll try, but... Uh, now I watch these movies in order. I watched, you know, Ready or um, Ready or Not right. first, and then The Hunt because mm-hmm. Ready, Ready or Not came from 2019 and Correct. came 2020. Now, when I first watched Ready or Not, you know, I was like, ah, it's all right, it's all right. But then after watching The Hunt, mm-hmm. it made me reevaluate my opinion of Ready or Not. <laughs> at the time. So did it make it Ready or Not better, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it elevated it. See, yes, yes. Yeah, the thing about The Hunt is this movie plays like, um, it plays as if, had George Romero been alive, he would have made this movie. He would have cut out the stupid uh, hipster comedy awkwardness mm-hmm. and made it a little more social commentary-like and then focus on the horror aspects of it. But at the same time, had he done that, we would have probably have gotten the movie like Land of the Dead, where you have a scene where Dennis Hopper specifically mirrors the uh, George W. Bush statement of, I don't negotiate with terrorists. And then you <laughs> sit there and you go, ah, you know, George, I love you, but entertainment first, okay? You know. So anyway, <laughs> so my point is, is that I, I, I find the social commentary of uh, The Hunt to be a little... In a way, I guess I could I could say with confidence this movie technically should be for me, but unfortunately, <laughs> but, but unfortunately, unfortunately, it none of it really comes together. I mean, it feels like there is no story driving it. There is no, there is no specific, you know, like no, um, no real end game to it. Um, it, it we're we, we're introduced to a bunch of nondescript characters. Yeah, I I, I feel like. <sighs> They were they had so little screen time for you to actually give a rat's bananas about any of them. I uh, yeah. Um, I, I did not care. I didn't care. And that's, and that's the thing too. On the one hand, yeah, you're not supposed to care about the the rich, the rich mm-hmm. elite characters because they're you know they're a bunch of they're basically a bunch of pieces of shits. But mm-hmm. but you would think the humor would help carry them. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. the, for the, for the movie, the humor makes their characters worse. And then. You have the other characters, the people who are being hunted down, and it's the same exact thing. You, you, you think the humor would help carry their characters, but instead it makes them annoying, unsympathetic, right. unlikable. And, and a lot of a lot of really heavy-handed stereotypes on both sides. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, well, because they're, the majority of the characters that are being hunted in this movie are base are basically being portrayed as right winger extremists. Right. But the prob but and then they make them like exactly that, except like, you know, cranked up to a thousand. And right. and, and you sit there and you're going, Okay, so who am I supposed to root for? Nobody. For? I, well <laughs> but that's the problem too. You're you're rooting for a meteor to hit the planet. <laughs> well if anything you're rooting for the movie to be over with soon. I mean and and, and the movie runs like I think ninety eight minutes maybe mm-hmm. but uh, and and so the movie's wallowing with stereotypes on both sides. Mm-hmm. 
And then the other thing is like, well, who is this movie made for? I mean, like, are, 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 is it made for the, the the conservatives that will have a good laugh about the, the liberals in this movie? Or is it made for the, the liberals who want to have a good laugh at the absurdity of this whole thing? And it's it's really hard uh, to tell. I, I can't well, here's figure the thing. it out. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I was watching a brief behind-the-scenes, like, little five-minute documentary they had uh, on uh, Movies Anywhere when I downloaded the, the digital copy. And the, I believe the character – the uh, the directors and the writers and whatever had their, they wanted to make a movie that both sides could take a look at and just kind of like have a chuckle at, but they needed probably another couple of passes at the script. And, yeah. It, um, well, because everything is so, you know, ham handed and heavy handed right. that you, it's just really hard to appreciate what the, the concept is. And then not only that, but the concept itself is just like, like it's it's way beyond absurd in horror comedy tradition. I mean, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, it uh, where they should have had the tongue in cheek, firmly planted cheek. They were kind of tried to uh, be a little preachy in some areas, and um, why well, I don't really care either way. Uh, one, you know, I mean, I, I don't I, either. I just, I just I just was hoping that they would like have a little more than just. You know, you can, it's one of those movies that you can easily if you had a list of all the things that are going to be in there and mm. when you watch it you will be check marking those boxes oh, like for sure like before the first 5 minutes yeah oh yeah and that's the other thing though too it is it is somewhat predictable oh. and because it's predictability in terms of what what the concept is about right there's no surprise yeah there's no anticipation of what it's going to be had the movie been like had it had they kept all the political stuff in the dark mm-hmm. until like the final half of the movie with the final then, reveal basically yeah the final reveal I, I think it would have been a much better movie but but they they sort of let the cat out of the bag in like right. the first half of the film well, and then I, well, I, the, the directors and writers are also saying they wanted to talk about try to um make a movie about first impressions and how they can be sometimes wrong and um i'm like i I, I, true, I, I like but... <laughs> I, I, I like that idea, but however, the for the majority of it, except for uh, I want to say uh, Betty Glispin or uh, what's her name Betty uh, Gilpin, Betty Gilpin's character, everyone is is basically paint by numbers. Like, hey, you know, this guy's this guy. These people are red. These people are blue. These people are you know conservative. These people are liberal. These, you know, blah blah yeah, blah. And, I mean, and, it's and... it's. I don't care which part of the aisle you fall on. It just it doesn't seem like. The first impressions. I mean, I get what they're what they were want, what they wanted to do, but I, th- I think it was big a, a big swing and a miss uh, for for me. Yeah, um, I, I I think it would have been very interesting had there been some of the characters in there that were a little more in the middle. You know, right, like, right. like like they they're not politically oriented. I mean, maybe they'll go through one side, but they're not extremely politically oriented, as opposed to some of the other characters. Like they they mentioned one character being a podcaster who does a show about oh, know, yeah. about conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah, they, they, then, that, guy, that guy wears a tinfoil hat and, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's easy stuff to, to poke fun. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Had you had a character in this movie that acted like Alex Jones, I would have I would have been laughing. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, it's it, – there are people in this world that might believe that type of stuff, but they're not – the insane people that you want to portray them in the film. So, I mean, on the one hand, I get the humor that they're trying to put into it. But on the other hand, I wish that they were a little more, uh, a little more concentrative on the concept of maybe having a character or two. That's not extremely politically motivated, but they're dragged into it Mm -hmm. because they, 
they just happen to go from being like, put it this way, what have one character go, well, I'm not, uh, I'm not a conservative, but I'm, I, I don't believe in abortion, you know, and then like do it that way too, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like, right. but instead they just go through the, the one side fits all in one category and the one side fits all in the yeah. other category. And it's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> Good, mean, yeah, I, I get what they were trying to go for. I just feel like they needed a couple passes, but let's but let's get into the the breakdown of what what, what they did put to film. <laughs> well, we'll try to because yeah. keeping that that's the other problem with this problem with this movie too is that the narrative gets so jumbled. Right, it's it, it you have to really keep track of it, and then they do flashbacks too, which kind of kind of fuck up the the the, the, the I guess the, the the normal I would say the now narrative or the now. Well, thing. the other problem with the movie, although I can see some people thinking it's clever but i didn't quite think it was that clever was that the uh, the the majority of the characters in that are being hunted don't really have names no. they're they're, like, they're they're like treated like the characters sure. in a slasher movie but then in the slasher movie you do have them at least have a first name right <laughs> even so, though you may not care about that character <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of great character actors and actresses in this film like for instance um ethan Supley, who plays the uh shut the fuck up gary he's the, he's a he's a podcaster that guy was in um many different movies he was in the he played the uh, neo-nazi brother in um American History X. He was the oh wow, that's the right. The fat, oh, really that fat guy. But too, but he yeah. was also the lovable brother in uh, um, My Name Is Earl. Um, the guy is just he's a fantastic actor. He's been in a, a ton of things. And then you got Emma Roberts, who is basically the, the nowadays stream queen for the last maybe 10, 15 years. And she's been <laughs> in like American Horror Stories, uh, the majority of the American Horror Story seasons. She's been in the Scream Queens Fox TV series. She's been in the la- Scream Four. She's been she's basically if she's horror and 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 she's done it in the last ten years, she's a part of it. You know, if there's been a horror movie or TV show, she, somehow she makes a guest appearance somewhere in there. And she and her name was Yoga Pants. Because she only had about two and a half minutes worth of screen time, and they blew her ass up. <laughs> I, <laughs> and that was so. That so that's that, that's the thing though. It's like I was like, they got all these people here, and, and they're sort of treating it like it's it's the mad 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 world of right. uh, of, of, <laughs> of well known character actors right. stuck in a in a not so good right. uh, horror comedy of sorts but, involving I, I, but, political but this, issues. This, the thing is, I see her, I'm like, oh, that's what's her name? What's her name? Oh, boom, she's dead. Oh, all right. Well, I guess what's her name is Emma Roberts is gone. <laughs> Yoga pants is gone. Yeah, and then, but yeah, you get a bunch of other people that were in there that that, that just get blown to bits within the first four or five minutes, which is okay because you don't. I mean, it's a lot. A lot of this, a lot of these people are fodder. You just want to whittle it down to the final four, basically. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so the movie opens with this scene. We we don't see the main. We don't see the character Athena Stone exactly. We just see her. Mm-hmm. We just see the, the image, I believe, of her cell phone, and they're texting. She's right. texting friends yeah talking about you know they're they're expressing their um dissatisfaction over something that president trump said mm-hmm. at the time without know, saying it was president uh, trump yes but yes we yeah we, yeah, we, I mean, we, we get now, the meaning we, now, we can we I can know. decode that message <laughs> well, but it's interesting this movie is from like 2020 and right. now we're in like year, year of 2022 right. so <laughs> it's not just letting you know everybody it's not biden they're talking about no, it's, no. It's, it's president trump mm-hmm. and there's a moment where the Athena character texts that uh, she's in, she's ready to go hunting for deplorables, which is supposed to be – that was a name that, again, for those of you out there who've forgotten so much about the, the political scene the past, like, 
2016, where Hillary Clinton referred to any Trump supporter as being a deplorable. So there you there you go right there. Right. Um, just a quick history lesson for those of you who have forgotten out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or for you maybe overseas, but I, I guarantee you yeah, probably yeah. Well, some yeah seen you've seen TV. <laughs> yes, if you've seen TV, you'll get it. Um, and then eventually we, we cut to the interior of a private jet. And there's a moment where th- there's all these like rich people. They're all kind of bullshitting with each other. And, like, you know, I don't, I, you're, you're, you want some caviar? No, no. I had caviar the other day. Can I, do you have something in like a sea urchin or like a crust or something? Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know. And again, here we go. It's like rich people, um, have them act like they're better than everybody else and asking for weird shit that no, no normal person would ask for. And as you can tell everybody quality comedy writing going on right here. I mean, this is obviously something that would not play on Saturday night live. And if you can't (laughs) tell from my sarcasm there, uh, except, except it would be on flat stages with, you know, completely dead camera work and a snickering (laughs) audience members in the background laughing at the applause sign. (laughs) So, but at any rate, and there's a moment where this man comes staggering in who clearly looks like he shouldn't be there, but he's completely out of it. Uh And one of the characters who's called uh, the doctor or something. Right. Yeah. He's trying to put this, nondescript man to sleep ginormous man yeah 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 but he the the man goes nutty and then i think someone like whacks him with a no i'm sorry he 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 grabs a champagne bottle and you know starts swinging it around and athena comes out of nowhere and now when we see athena in the shot it's basically from her from her behind you don't see her face yet yeah that's the big that's the big reveal at the end of the movie yeah yeah and she takes her like a her uh her high heel Mm -hmm. and like Thrust it, thrust it against his face. It hits him in his eye, yeah. and and gouges his eye out. And then they take him in the back after he's unconscious. And then, well, don't, I think doesn't a good doctor just take? It? He's, he's like he's on the ground. And he's like, okay, this is yeah. I'm just gonna give you a shot. And he ends up cutting his jugular and just bleeding all over the place. Right, 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 right. And and uh, so then after that, they drag the guy into the cargo hold, and then we cut to. We cut to uh, this big open like field, and there's like a bunch of these people lying on the ground, and mm-hmm. they have um, ball like, gags or gags. Yeah, like, like like a ball gag locked into their mouth, and then like one of them finds a key mm-hmm. and is able to open it up and and, and 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 get the gag out. I kind of thought that was odd because when they wake up, wouldn't they just wake up and like if you have them knocked out, what what would the point of the ball gag be there for? Nah, it it feels kind of odd, like. And you know what? Honestly, I think this is where the movie should have started. Like, it should have started here. Not with any of the, you know, rich people, no, prologue no, shit. Yeah, no, no, that texting, just have them set up. Just start right here. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Because, I mean, but, but the reason why is because, like I said, you start right here, you have all this group of people. They don't know why they're out in the field. They don't know why they have a ball gag in their mouth. And they, could, they, and they can kind of say, well, where are you from? Where you, you can get a sense of camaraderie between the people trying to figure out where they yeah. were adopted from. And then then you could do a little bit of retconning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, Certain but, characters, you know. But but that's what I mean when I say once when, we, once when you see the opening sequence – and then you you know you're introduced to that one guy that got stabbed in the face with the the stiletto heel. Right. You already know what's going to be happening. Okay. Yeah. There's. Let me see. They have a bunch of people probably, 
We don't know the exact number yet, but we'll we'll figure it out when we get to this next scene. Um, they're going to place them somewhere, and they're going to hunt them. Uh-huh. So way to give away the surprise of the movie. <laughs> Although the movie is called The Hunt, but still. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's, I, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, a little bit of mystery. Like, okay, why are they hunting them? Right. <laughs> so, so they all get the ball gag out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And... As you said before, this would be a good time to like get to know the characters, but unfortunately, we don't get to know any one of them whatsoever. Because no, they're blown to bits, you know, three seconds later. So. Well, yeah, but before that, they find this big crate mm-hmm. in the middle of the field. One of them, in a crowbar, one of them opens it up, and then a, a pig comes out wearing uh, some sweater or a t-shirt. Is that pig a wearing t-shirt? a? Is, is that pig wearing a shirt? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, are they trying to do like the mascot from The Simpsons, where Homer goes to college and no, okay. you know gets the pig drunk and uh, apparently it had something to do with this uh, book that, that they reference a couple of times. Yeah, in it the was movie. Animal House yeah. by by, by Animal Orwell. Farm. Yeah, I'm sorry, Animal. I'm sorry, Animal Farm. A- Animal House is a different movie. <laughs> well, it's about the frat house. That, uh, There's a couple of pigs in there too, but yeah. <laughs> And that kind of makes sense. It's about uh, <laughs> Animal House is about you can read you can read Animal Farm into that. It's a bunch of free wheeling frat guys just trying <laughs> to have fun. And the, the dean played by John Vernon, who is the like the commie that's trying to like take them down. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what? I feel like I want to talk more about Animal House than I do about this movie. And it's got Kevin Bacon in it. <laughs> it's got Kevin Bacon. It's a thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> It's got John Belushi in it, who's barely in the movie, even though everybody acts like he's in like every scene, and he's not. Uh-huh. He, he even barely talks in the movie. <laughs> Toga. That's yeah, he, it. Or he gets the, the one part I remember is where someone throws the Jim Bean out, and he goes, "Oh my God, not the booze!" And then, <laughs> uh, and there is Donald Sutherland in the movie, and um, uh-huh. uh, and uh, John Vernon's awesome as the asshole Dean. Uh, who says we're going to put him on double <laughs> super secret probation or whatever. Oh my uh, God. The horse dies in the office. That's uh-huh. great. <laughs> um, uh, the scene where the guy is making out with the girl and he finally gets all our clothes off. I mean, you know what? Animal House <laughs> is the better movie. <laughs> you know what? I'm done talking about the hunt. And that's what they call bait and switch. <laughs> yep. That's right, folks. You went from the hunt to Animal House. Hope you enjoyed it. Anyways, by way so, of Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yes, the pig is supposed to be referred to Animal Farm, the George Orwell novel about the concept of um, if anybody out there has ever read it, it's basically about this um, f- farm animals that kick out their owner and decide to take over the farm because they want freedom. And, and it, the pigs turn to humans, basically. Well, they, they, yeah, they act like it, but eventually the pigs become like communist types and <laughs> over the farm. And I mean, it's a great allegorical uh, book. So, I mean, it sounds silly on the surface of it, but it's the concept of no one. Uh, what, what was the concept? It was um, some animals are more equal than others. So yeah, I mean, yeah. It, that type of book. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, getting back to the crate with the pig and the guns. Yeah. So the pig weapons. comes out and, they're confused why there's a goddamn pig, but nevertheless, um, so they go in the crate and they pull out a bunch of weapons. There's like, like knives and machine guns, guns and machine guns and 
Whereas I gotta say, despite getting a large arsenal, these characters barely get to use them. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're immediately being killed. There's like a moment where um, the one character, what's it, uh, Yoga Pants, gets blown up and... uh, Within five seconds, she's like, I believe you're shooting me. Oh, I'm safe. Boom. Nope, not, not anymore. And then there's one character called dead sexy she tries to run and Did ends she... up in a trap what, what, you know, no that, that that's I, so they were doing the the behind the scenes for this one particular scene and it was the dead sexy where she's running and she explodes and then she gets tossed into that pit with the oh, with, okay okay with, no oh, no i'm sorry yeah she gets tossed into the, the thing and she's impaled on this like on these um, things, and she ends up killing herself. But yeah, it was. It was it, yeah, actually, that part of the, I did chuckle a little bit because she's like, "Just kill me," and he goes, and, one, and the one character goes, "No, I can't," and she goes, "Oh, I'll just do it myself." He goes, "No, no," and she blows her head off yeah. off screen, and <laughs> yeah, like, quit wow. being a snowflake or something like that. And boom! Know, yeah. and I'm <laughs> like, like, wow, talk about giving up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so needless to say, the the ten or twelve are now whittled down to. Let's see, we got. Uh, the guy from New York, um, and yeah, I, his name is Staten Island. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I think two other people because one of the guys doesn't make it because he gets hit with a crossbow or he gets yeah. His name is called Target. Tar- <laughs> <laughs> but then the other two that escape with Staten Island, his name Vanilla Nice and Big Red. I got. I'm gonna be with the mullet. With folks, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you, folks. I didn't write all the character names down. I actually have to refer to a Wikipedia. Uh, plot synopsis to help me out. Because, That's what I'm doing too. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I will. So I, I will admit it. Yes, we are cheating. But in regards to this movie, again, uh, I think, I think it's very fair that we're cheating on this one. Well, so the, okay. Now, now I've watched it twice. I have since for, I watched it uh, a week ago, and I watched. I watched it once, and it's still stuck in my head, but not for yeah. the right reasons. <laughs> right. So basically, I just want to get a refresher on some of the stuff. But yeah, I I go to Wikipedia just to to keep you know to to, to maybe gloss over some of those or help me remember some of the other minor facts. Um, but yeah, so these uh, three, what three? Because Target Target doesn't make it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's uh, Staten Island. It's mullet or big yeah, red. Yeah, well, well, vanilla nice and big red, right. basically. So the, and they. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, they happen upon this uh, gas station slash convenience store, apparently in air quotes, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> the big reveal on that right, one. Right, <laughs> right. So they, they end up uh, going to this mom and pop, you know, middle of nowhere gas station and they take it away, Chris. <laughs> so they go in there and it's owned by uh, these two characters named Miranda and Julius. And they ask them where they are and they're like, oh, we're in Arkansas. And as we find out, these these people have been kidnapped. They don't remember how they've been kidnapped. Like they've either been drugged or they were, who knows, maybe had a bag put over their head or whatever. Right. And then they've been knocked out. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then they, and because these characters are, I guess, right wing conservative types, they have figured out that they are. Um, involved in a conspiracy theory known as manor gates and the manor gate is basically this concept about how these rich elite left-wing <laughs> democrats have kidnapped them and then they are going to be hunted mm. so it, and once again giving away the concept of the movie like like 20 minutes in and it's like right. okay uh, all right and while they're trying to figure it out um one of the characters, Big Red, eats a donut that turns out to be poisoned, and then of course, and then um, 
it's revealed that um, uh, Miranda and Julius are uh, part of the rich uh, group that are hunting these people. Right. And they, uh, what do they do? They, uh, they they set off a smoke bomb and and and, 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 and kill the rest of them. Shoot shoot, yeah, yeah. shoot Staten Island in the chest. You know. And then one of them is dying, and 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 I think it's either Miranda. Yeah, I think it's Miranda. Yeah. It says to them, "Well, before he dies, I'm just letting you know I believe in global global warming." And it's it's yeah, yeah. it's talk about once again going to the stereotype well right. to, to to make the characters clear all right, so for I, all of us. Right, right, right. To really, really, really draw those lines really well defined. I, I will say that I enjoyed this scene because basically because I love the bickering old couple. And they, again, a, a character actor and actress that have been in a ton of other things. And they just play off each other so well. After they have, I, my favorite part is where they're cleaning up the mess. And, and you know, and he's like, oh, I, I, I bet you he uses the N-word and not in private. I bet you he uses it out in public. You know, you, you've seen his posts and like, and he's like, oh, and, and them people. He's like, what do you mean them people? He's, you know, blacks. He goes, oh. They're African Americans, John or Bob, or whatever her name is. He goes like, well, no, no. NPR says it's okay for us to call them blacks again. She goes like, no, African Americans. Because who runs NPR? Basically, old white guys. Like, oh, touche kind of thing. I'm like, I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it is. That part is 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 funny when you when you break down the concept of the stereotypes that they're right. putting in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I will give it credit. They do try. Right. But it, not all of it comes together. Oh, no. There's a lot more. Unfortunately, there's a lot more hits than misses for this movie. Yeah, I mean that's probably or, or misses than hits. I should say. I say yeah, misses than hits. Sorry. Yeah, that's that, that that scene that Tim mentioned is probably the only highlight of this movie. That and I and I like the final scene. I lo- I love the okay, battle. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, talk but about we're getting it. Yeah, we'll go. So, so they're cleaning up the uh, the convenience store because they're waiting for more people to come in there. Mm-hmm. So the one person that shows up that's part of the group being hunted is this girl. By the name, this blonde-haired girl with a Gorgeous, southern accent, yeah, yeah with, with the southern accent, by the name of um, uh, Crystal May Creasy, played by Betty Gilpin. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I mean, she's not a bad actress, but I don't know what it is about her performance, but she is like saddlebagged with like the worst ticks I have ever seen in the movie. Like <laughs> those things, like hums to herself, or like just constantly looks up in the air, like trying to figure shit out and I'm and, and, and those are character ticks that are supposed to help a little bit but I just found them very annoying and, <laughs> and extremely unsatisfactory and and the way how they make her talk like she's completely slow and drawl right even though she ends up being smarter than everybody else and, and it's it's hard to figure out is it because her character because as we find out She's a former U.S. Marine. She did a tour of Afghanistan. Right. So, so, I mean, is it because she's shell-shocked or is, is it just yeah. nature? We, we, we don't ever get a, a clear read on her. Um, I will say she, she, is a, she is a good actress. I want to say if you get a chance to check out Netflix's series called Glow, which was uh, came out a few years ago. And unfortunately, due to COVID, they didn't can they canceled the fourth and final season. But there are three seasons where she plays a female wrestler, gorgeous ladies of female wrestling, and um, it's really well done. It's a really well done. Half an hour to 40, 45 minute show. Again, uh, there's only about thirty episodes of the entire s- series. Anyway, she plays a woman, which I thought was hilarious, called Liberty Bell. That was her wrestling name. She's supposed to be this <laughs> all-American good girl, like apple pie, whatever it is. 
But there's a character who's, who's one of these rich liberal elites that is also named Liberty. So I thought that was kind of funny, and it came out after that. I don't know if it was done on intention to make <laughs> Betty play against, you know, a person that she, a character that's named that she played before, or it was just a, a coincidence, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but she comes in, yeah, and she's, com- like, you know, she's asking questions, and then she asks to buy, like, a pack of cigarettes. Yes. And then she pays, but then she immediately realizes this whole thing is a setup. Bullshit, why yeah. does she? How does she recognize be, that it's a setup, Tim? Because a pack of cigarettes costs a certain amount of money in Arkansas, and that's not what they cost here. And she blows them away. <laughs> I'm like, well, wow, that's a that's a really big jump. <laughs> Considering what the concept of this movie, I was willing to cut it a little bit of slack, but I mean, I do agree with you. It is a huge you're, jump. You're, you're gonna you're gonna go to a zero to a hundred to, to execute someone over you know a dollar fifty like sales tax, <laughs> two fifty sales tax. <laughs> so she she shoots Excuse them me. and then and then she opens the uh, doesn't she open up the cigarettes box and it turns out there's nothing inside of them. I'm trying to remember. Hey Tim. Sorry, yes, uh, I'm here. Oh. Um, yeah, oh, okay, I'm no, sorry. I, yeah, I, I believe. Sorry about that. That's Skype, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one second delay there. No, no <laughs> take twos, folks. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to say I believe there were cigarettes in there, but I want to say everything in that in that place was kind of like booby trapped and poisoned to begin with. Um, the donuts, well, yeah, well, it, it was. But I mean, when she opens up the cig- pack of cigarettes, I, you know, honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> But it so then, <laughs> so she scopes the place out, and then she goes to one of the, the like the pickup truck outside, and doesn't she tear off the um... the license plate number? Well, yeah. she doesn't do that originally. Originally, I think she finds like like some sort of almost like a tripwire because she's about to open the 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 um, the, uh, the the driver's side door, right? And yeah, then she notices okay. like small like like almost like fishing line like glistening in the sun like oh shit and then she realizes it's tracked to a you know a bomb and then she i think i believe then she walks behind the pickup truck and then rips off the ah. license plate i think that's how she i think that's how she goes about it yeah yeah um, and then and then she finds that the license plate the real license plate is very european, european. <laughs> yeah no european chris <laughs> <laughs> so and then i don't know and then out of nowhere comes a drone which um a character by the name of uh gary <laughs> Blows out of the sky yeah. and, and and she's like, "Way to go, Gary!" Just realized it was like, "I just saved your life." He's like, "No, you just alerted our our, our our exact location, you idiot." <laughs> so Gary's a podcaster, and and Gary's uh, a three, Gary's a few sandwiches short of a picnic basket. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh yeah, but you know what's funny though? Okay, so it this is supposed to be some conspiracy theory, but as right. we find out. It's yeah, actually true. It's he, actually true. He's not. He, he's not a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree. He's he's not. He's not someone I would go to for the most reliable information. Again, I don't want to name drop names here, but I would probably go to Alex Jones. Oh dear God! I mean, I mean, if I was extremely desperate for accurate information. Oh dear goodness! Compared, <laughs> compared to this, compared to this guy, but and if you want to talk to Chris, send him send him direct messages to him. <laughs> I, well, come on. Everybody, I, I'm just kidding. I, I know, Come I know, on. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's a new world conspiracy. Come on, you know. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. But anyways, um, no, but he he is technically correct that this is a, like like a hidden conspiracy shit going on. Right. Now, as we find out later, it it, it wasn't quite going in that direction, but. Right. 
but anyways, he his his conspiracy happens to be correct, basically. Right. So a train comes rolling by the train tracks and they jump on it and then they find themselves with a bunch of um, Islamic refugees. Right. And, and there's one guy on there that, uh, you know, is kind of hanging around with them that they all that, that that's blending in with them. Right. Uh, he's a hunter. He's one of the hunters. Named, right. he's, I think his name is called Crisis Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the train gets stopped by, um, we have to assume, the Croatian immigration police yeah, or whatever. I, this, this is just a little bit muddy for me because I don't, I, I mean, I get why they were, they, they hopped the train, uh, getting away from the convenience store, um, and yet they roll through some sort of like, I guess military checkpoint, right? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I don't know what it's like in Croatia these yeah. days, so who knows? But how dare you, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been keeping up on my world events, but, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it, it, it that threw me off too because then when they get off the train, they, right. they, you know, uh, they suddenly they're trying to plead with. Well, Gary tells the. The, 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 the Croatian military, uh, or, military or police or that, police, you know, yeah. you don't believe these people are uh, refugees. They're crisis actors. And, and and the soldiers kind of just walk away from them like, yeah, we'll deal with you in a minute. Yeah, you're, all you're, of a sudden, OK, crazy. Just sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden, crisis Mike turns to them and, tells, <laughs> and pretty much reveals them. Yeah, I'm one of the rich yeah, people coming like, after you. It's, and like, hey, dude, it's like, hey, dude, just be cool. We're in the middle of you. You don't want to get killed now. You know, just... but you know, but here's the problem, though. OK, so. This guy, Crisis Mike, is hiding along with these, All these other uh, refugees. Apparently not Crisis Mike, but actual refugees, which, again, for me, it's very convenient that there's all these there's crisis Mike and all these refugees that are just happen to ride this one train car on the off chance that there's some sort of uh, the the, the uh, survival lists yeah from the from the initial you know uh, group yeah, of people yeah like they just they just like, end up on this train are you just riding up and down the tracks all day hoping for somebody something to happen because that doesn't it, seem like very uh, and if that's not the case, why would, why is Crisis Mike hanging around? I mean, like this is supposed to be one of the rich people. Is he getting off, playing the role of a of a right of, of a Islamic immigrant legally I, I, coming into Croatia? I, yeah. I and I then what would the what would the chances of that be that he would stumble upon these other two characters right, exactly. and he's going to have to hunt? I mean, look again in horror movies, you shouldn't really dig too deep. But I mean, it was just very. It's just kind of it was just out there like a sore thumb waiting to be it's, like yeah, hit with a hammer. It's very, like, it's very jarring for sure. But yeah. then Gary decides to take matters in his own hands and he attacks Crisis Mike and Crisis Mike apparently had a grenade, grenade in one of his backpacks. Yeah, in his vest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he takes a grenade and shoves it down Crisis Mike's pants and right. Mike panics like shit and and, and blows up. And then Don, and then I'm sorry, uh, uh, Gary run, manages to run away. Mm. So then they're in the, the Croatian military are interrogating uh, uh, Crystal, and she's guessing where they are. She's like, "Am I in Yugoslavia?" And they're like, "No." And he goes, "Croatia." And then the guy looks at her like, "Bingo!" And he goes, "Okay, Croatia then." Uh-huh. And uh-huh. and he's and, and she's trying to explain to him why he's there, and then the guy says is it because someone is hunting you? And, and, and she goes, why would you say that? And he goes, he no goes, reason. <laughs> no, no. He goes, bring Don in. And they bring in this other guy that was part of the group 
Which, interestingly enough, Don is the one that, when they find the crate, mm-hmm. he's the first one to go in there and grab a gun. Mm-hmm. Now, so, that, was he the first one to open it with the crowbar? I can't remember. No, I, no, somebody else was. Okay. But he was the first one to grab a weapon and sort of know what has to be done. Oh, okay. So, okay. pay attention, folks, because that's the plot point. <laughs> Ooh, the twist! <laughs> so, of course, so Don, you know, is one of these conspiracy theory people who believes this whole thing is the manor gate right. situation that was recently blown up on Twitter and, yeah. and on social media. He's like, just you wait. We're going to get on. We're going to get on all the networks. We're going to get on yeah, Carlson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to blow shit wide open. <laughs> Which, uh, considering that their conspiracy is proving to be true, uh, I would love for something <laughs> like that to be blown wide open on the fucking news. But, but anyways, so then this nondescript guy shows up who's supposedly part of the American embassy. Yeah. Yeah, who's not doing a very good job of... Uh, Selling being, it. <laughs> yeah, or being very official. He looks like a clumsy oaf that someone just hired to play an American embassy official. Yeah. It, it, so, it looks like a little kid going to like his like, junior high uh, graduation. <laughs> like yeah, in a or, suit. or an actor getting his first gig and is like a little nervous. Right. <laughs> so he's taking them in the car and... He's asking them questions like, you know, so and, and, and he asks the one question that suddenly uh, um, Triggers Crystal b- kind of realizes, OK, this dude is on the up and up. And yeah. it's when he starts asking, well, why do you think they're coming after you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she goes, they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Why? We just told you. Goes, well, no, but I mean, like, what? What, why are they specifically targeting you? Is it something that you did? And, right. And, and suddenly Crystal's like, okay, something's not right. And she grabs the, the shoulder strap on the top of the, of the, uh, of the car and p- picks herself up and quickly, uh, kicks the, dr- kicks the guy out of the car. And then right. she takes over the driver's seat and then runs the man over, drives over his head. Yeah. Very effective. And, very effective. Yeah. And Don is panicking like no tomorrow. Right. And, like, turns, what are you gonna do? You just killed our only hope, kind of like thing, you know, of uh, getting out of here alive. Blah right. blah blah. But, but of course, as it turns out, Crystal is correct because she opens the trunk and she finds Gary dead in there with like a, like a knife pica- stuck in his head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and a box that has bribe money written all over. <laughs> Very convenient. <laughs> Very convenient. Convenient for the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this plastic Tupperware thing with cash in it? Oh, it's bribe money. <laughs> it's very Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. And then there's a moment in this movie where you know Gary is trying to figure out what's going on, and Crystal tells this ridiculous story about the the tortoise and the hare, right? Or as she calls it, the jackrabbit and the box turtle, right? About how the 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 turtle won the race because the hare got like a very very um basically full of himself and tried to take a nap during the race and then overslept and the turtle won and of course she tells the other half of the story that no one tells in which the hare goes to the box turtle's family and kills the family at dinner time yeah (laughs) at dinner time (laughs) and and then where don goes like so which one are we are we the box turtle we the hare So they go. So, so it makes you wonder how they figured this out. They decide to go back to the hunting spot, right, where the box is at, and then there's like a area where I, I forget what you call it, where like you can like shoot the ammo out of 
probably like a blind or some sort or like a but there's we get some of the rich characters in here which once again we don't get to know much about except they they sit there and bitch at each other and like make stupid stereotypical comments about each other in regards to things like proper gender pronouns and shit and it's like and you know or you know talking about you know a lot of eye roll yeah there's a lot of eye rolling yeah not just from the characters how they're acting but just from the audience themselves so even if even if you do again no matter what it's just it's just so lame it's just it's such lazy writing like it's like yeah when it comes to that, I'm like, oh god, okay, well here we go. <laughs> right. Here we go. Here we go. The snobs versus the slobs. We've right. we've all seen Caddyshack, folks. Okay, we know yeah. plot line right. so, for that. But so yeah, they, they come on this bunker, I guess. We would call it a bunker. <laughs> they had yeah, the bunker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then there's a moment where the the the, the pig that had escaped from the crates. Right. I guess Don and, and, and uh, Crystal found and they, they throw the pig down inside the, the bunker and mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about over the top. They shoot the pig dead and I'm surprised they did that. That seems like a form of animal cruelty in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who brought bacon? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so then uh, Crystal gets a, gets a drop on them and she pretty much kills everybody. Right. And then there's a radio there with the voice of Athena who mentions Don's name. Yeah. So it turns out, well, supposedly it turns out Don was a part of this whole thing. We yeah. never really know, though. It, it, I mean, know. she does say his name, but... Right, we don't know if she's... From... We don't know if Athena's trying to fuck with Crystal or or, or whatever it is. And, and, yeah, and that, and that question gets brought up when they finally meet, but it never gets answered. Right. Any... Yeah. So... Again, first impressions. <laughs> yeah, first impressions, folks. So, and, so anyways... Crystal decides I'm going to go after this one. And then we cut, and then we cut to a flashback sequence in which we are in, finally introduced to Athena, to Athena stone played by uh, Hillary, Slo- played by Hillary Swank. Mm-hmm. She's working for this. Um, I, I don't, do we ever know what she was no, working just for? Some sort of big, big multi business. That's a multi conglomerate. And it's got a lot of, you know, hands in the cookie, different cans in their cookie jars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we, we never know what it is. Although we re- realize that she is one of the high-ranking like CIFOs or CEOs or whatever. Yeah. Well, not anymore v- VPs, because yeah. she gets she gets canned because of these of these texts that got yeah, out. Yeah. Basically, after she sent those texts about hunting deplorables, somebody hacked into their system and put it out, and that's how the whole Mannergate thing began. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how the conspiracy Ooh, theory of Mannergate. Do, do we ever get a timetable from what the time that her email or her text messages were hacked to the time they actually, uh, you know, rounded up all the the uh, rednecks? I don't, I don't think uh, we was it like do. a year, six months? Yeah, you know? I don't think we do. It's, but then you know the Cause detail. Apparently, cause is... there, there's a part where, where Athena's been training for what eight. Well, we would have to say probably eight months after she was fired. So you got to figure, what, maybe a year? But then at the same time, that's the problem. Is like, so were they really hunting deplorable, you know, quote unquote, hunting deplorables? That's what they not. And that's one thing. It was a joke until it wasn't a joke. Then they're like, okay. Yeah. But then that's the problem. We never really feel like it's a joke. Because, like, you figure it's got to take a while to build a gas station set. You got to you gotta build all this shit, you know? I'm yeah. Like, there's a lot of well, shit. And not do. only that, but she's like making arguments about it's not a manor house, it's a cottage. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but, it, it, but it's like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's like, a three bedroom it little. Matter. Like... <laughs> that's not an important plot point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, they, they spend a lot of time on that. <laughs> so, so because of optics and 
political issues and whatnot, they decide to let uh, Athena go. And because of this, Athena ain't taking it lying down. So she and her rich buddies somehow have managed to find out the people involved that have spread the basically were responsible for not the hacking, but spreading the rumors mm-hmm. of of the whole Manor Gate thing. So they're going to capture these 10 people. Right. These random, which you would think if, so if there's a bunch of people that are believing this rumor, wouldn't you want to kidnap all the people? It wouldn't be 10 people. Yeah. It would be a shit ton more of people that you'd be getting. Well, that's the sequel. (laughs) Yeah, that's the sequel. But anyways, so they're, they're, they're running off the list of names. And of course there's a picture of, um, all the people, including Crystal, which that's a plot issue that comes up later on in, in, in the big reveal, which I'll get to when we right. get to it. But nevertheless, she's ready to go hunting for these people. And then so now we after the flashback, we cut to the cottage or the manor house in Croatia or whatever the fuck you want to call it, where uh, Athena is residing at and and. Uh, Crystal gets inside and she sees Athena is busy cooking, uh, cooking a nice fancy meal for herself and um, grilled cheese with the fi- with- the, fi- the finest fanciest cheeses and the the best bread and yeah, Gruyere. Which, by the way, for a fancy cheese, you can get that at Costco for like you know. <laughs> so talk about talk about a joke. <laughs> but anyways, so we get to the big reveal, and it turns out. The reason why Athena has started this whole thing is because this never really happened. <laughs> this is this is the moment of the movie where I was literally like getting headaches. I, yeah, I, was, I was scratching my head quite a bit too. I'm like, what the hell? What do you mean? I, I think I knew what they were trying to do, but it's not conveyed very well mm-hmm. in terms of, in terms of the story. So base so to, to explain this as best as possible. So Athena says that the reason why she did this was she did it out of revenge over losing her job. Because these ten people were responsible for her losing her job, because there never was a, a you know, a, a manor gate, or at right. least so Athena says. So she right. decided to get back, and and then of course, <laughs> Crystal says, "Okay, but you say you're not hunting, but you are uh, right wingers for sport, but you are." But we weren't. <laughs> it's what yeah, she said. You're, but we you're weren't. You see it now, and this <laughs> is this is supposed to be a parody of. Um, of uh, confirmation bias and mental gymnastics. And it's like, I, the joke is there, but it's not really working. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it seems, it seems more, they more, they try to repeat it, the heart of the, it's like being a dead horse. Like, okay. We, well, and then the other thing they do in here, as it turns out, the crystal may creasy character in here is the wrong person. Yeah, there's two crystals in that, in, in the, in the, in the town that she was at. But, which... but here's the problem though. In the flashback sequence, when they're showing the projector exactly. slide of the pe- people's faces, yeah. it's the face of Betty Gilpin's character. Yeah, so that, how yeah. could they have made a mistake? Or she's saying it to what's her face. Just to throw her off. See, this is, this is where I was scratching my head too, because maybe she did, but maybe she, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like we know, as an audience, we know, but uh, Athena's character may not know either. She yeah, may have made a mistake. And it would have worked if her character would have been like, "Oh my God, maybe my assistant fucked it up and got the wrong person." But there's <laughs> never a moment where she says that. Right. She's just like, 
no, you're the person. Like, it's, and, and Crystal's like, no, you got the wrong one. You made a boo-boo. And it's like, <laughs> but when we get to the big finale, we never find out if that's accurate or not. No. And uh, what, 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 what ensues directly after this is a, my second favorite part of the entire movie is the fight scene. The fight scene was very reminiscent of Kill Bill. <laughs> Uh, yeah, movies. nothing like an over-the-top cat fight sequence oh. with crashing through glass That's windows, through fireplace, through through fireplaces, and yeah, uh, I'm like, my god, these these chicks just beat the holy living hell out of each other. It is actually the most like interesting. It's most entertaining part of the whole movie, yeah. primarily because once this fight sequence begins, it feels like the movie is like it, it's so off the rails. But then once the fight scene, it's feeling. The, the train is back on the track mm-hmm. and it just, it moves. It's just, it's just moving forward and forward. But when the fight scene is over and done with, then it feels like we're once again, back at the same, yeah, right. Well, I just, you keep, know, pace. I, I just keep hearing Rodney Dangerfield's, um, uh, quote, and I forget what movie it was because I, Hey, 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 quiet down. I'm trying to watch these two broads wrestle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, keep it down there. Right, right. Yeah. I'm trying to watch these Yeah. (laughs) Go on. Yes. So there's this big old fight sequence and then tussling around Mm -hmm. and eventually Athena gets stabbed by uh, Crystal and then they're both lying there on the ground and bleeding out basically. Yeah. Athena's bleeding out and she's already like asking her, tell me something. Are you really the girl or not? And once again, we don't get the answer. No, that's we it. We don't get shit. But what we do get is Crystal dresses up and cleans herself down and then gets on the private jet, mm-hmm. opens a bottle of champagne and... Has some caviar. Some caviar and that's... And we roll the credits, that's it. And that's the end of the movie, The Hunt and... Yeah. Uh... Can we talk about Animal House again? <laughs> 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 Oh man, yeah. There's um, that's it. Uh, for better or for worse, uh, more worse than better. Um, yeah, and I'm not gonna hide it. Thumbs down. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a thumbs in the middle just because I love the final fight scene and the and the thing. But yeah, I could see why you know it. it I I could see what they're going for, but again, it was just like it, it's a really hard sell, <laughs> no matter what it is. It's, and I think that's what they were. I, I feel like the, that's what the distributors and that's what the yeah. movie companies were trying to figure out how how we're we gonna mark this son of a bitch in movie. <laughs> yeah, a mo- I can imagine them sitting here going, hmm, a movie about uh, two political oppositions fighting against each other. Boring. <laughs> I mean, they, how are we gonna sell this? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 bananas. Um, and the thing is, I uh... I, I, I really enjoy usually I Bloomhouse's uh, productions. I I, I I really like all the characters that in different projects. Um, but this was just kind of like, meh. it was meh to me. I'm like, eh. meh. Yeah. yeah, it was all right. I mean, I think some... this is one that if they did a retrospective of every Blumhouse production, this would probably be on like the bottom of the list. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they talk about, they talk about every other film, but when it comes to this, it's like only five minutes devoted to it. And yeah. it's like, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We did, we, we didn't <laughs> yeah. make a movie for about, you yeah. know, uh, 60 days on that. Yeah, yeah. We did work on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we, it was a misfire and that's mm. all we can say. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't know if you've got anything to, uh, add to... I, I've got, Oh, let's see. 
four fun facts on this film. Okay. Uh, number one, the pig in the movie was treated as equal on the set, having full access to all the catered meals. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Is it true, though? Uh, apparently so. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> number two, the piano concerto played in the kitchen scene is by Mozart, not Beethoven, as stated by the actress. Um, Jesus, can they not get anything right? <laughs> <laughs> the The final fight was choreographed by five women. Heidi Moneymaker was the lead with input from actress Betty Gilpin and Hilary Swank and their respective stunt doubles. So that was kind of cool. Uh, and finally, number four, this uh, the, this film was partly inspired by The Most Dangerous Game, the, the 1924 short story by Richard Cornell, and turned into the film by the same name, The Most Dangerous Game, from 1932. Other films with similar premises include Turkey Shoot from 1982, yeah, Hard, I remember that one. Hard yeah. Target from 1993, Surviving the Game from 1994, The Pest from 1997, and The Eliminator from 2004. So uh, I guess they all Wait, borrowed... Wait, The Pest, is that the one with John Leguizamo? I'm not sure. I, I didn't. I didn't look into that. But okay, because I was going to say I don't remember that one being inspired by the Dangerous Game. It's it's possible there was another movie I mean, named The Pest. Could, that title could def- be a perfect uh, <laughs> tagline for John Leguizamo, but I mean, not. Uh, I don't remember The Pest being about that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow, yes. Who would have thought that film was based on literature? <laughs> well, now with that, Christopher, we have the return of our mailroom segment. So let's go there now. separate categories here okay uh, so so tim um real quick yes um any hate mail no hate mail uh not yet damn it it's I still young it's still young i know i know uh, but like how many seasons are we in man uh, and, we, and we only got one hate mail <laughs> or at least i got one hate mail. <laughs> uh, but then it was an enjoyable hate mail <laughs> yes 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 oh here we go um so this is from her Twitter. This is from last month's episode where we talked about Spiral, Chris. Uh, and I responded to uh, GingerDome81, um, or Chris Barreras, and I said, I just realized another cop uh, movie trope that, that the filmmakers missed. It was a scene involving Chris Rock where he turns in his shield and gun because he's a rebel. And I said, it's another missed opportunity. He's like, I can't work for this business. You know, I can't work for this shit. You know? Oh my god! Seriously, was that there? Yeah, Should have yeah, been. yeah, yeah. We're still on spiral. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is going back. I said, I said, it was, this is some funny stuff. I, I, call, I saw. Call, call Chris. Call Chris, and you know, <laughs> have him point this out. <laughs> Chris is busy with other things. <laughs> All right. Well, then get Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then. Um, Patrick uh, Barnett uh, or Bartlett uh, responded to us saying, "I actually liked the uh, Spiral, and I never liked any of the previous other uh, franchise entries." So he chimed in with with his uh, two thoughts on that. Um, and then, well, if you're well, you know what? If there's one person out there that can appreciate the 
the qualities of Spiral. You, sir. Yes. More and, power to you. <laughs> and then Filler Instinct said, uh, Spiral pretends to be a Saw film as someone who tries to enjoy... I'm sorry. Spiral pretends to be a Jaws film. I'm just a, a Saw film. As someone who tries to enjoy the franchise for what it is, Spiral missed the mark on so many things. The puppet used to fill the void of Billy was uninteresting, and one major problem is a very is every trap is inescapable, which is honestly very insulting. So yeah, I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. Um, you know, the movie's a trap too. That's even more. Insulting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprise! You just got you just you just wasted ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Play a game. You 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 have a choice. Watch this movie or go do something else. <laughs> oh, watch the movie. <laughs> what are my other choices? Anything else. <laughs> Literally anything else. Or you can go do yard work. I'll watch Spiral. <laughs> I have to paint? No, all right. I guess I'll watch a movie. <laughs> so then I made a post. Now, this is more recent. This is from uh, my Slasher app. So you can follow me at Tim at that horror guy if you have the Slasher app. And I posted some posters of the movies we'd be watching. And one was, I said, uh, I'm doing a little podcast homework watching um, this flick, Ready or Not. What are your thoughts? Sound off below. Uh, one person responded to me there. She said, um, uh, Death in the Web said, I liked it, but not as much as everyone else seemed to. I feel like I need to watch it again because maybe I'm missing something, question mark. I said, well, I think it's worth another viewing. In my opinion, it's fun. And that's where we left it. I'm like, again, you liked it. I liked it more than you did on uh, Ready or Not. But you may have changed your opinion after watching The Hunt. <laughs> said, oh, yeah. I, I did say that even when I was reviewing Ready or Not, I did mention I had I, I my opinion of the movie changed when I saw the next movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it did. <laughs> uh, it makes me, takes me back, you know, 90 minutes prior. <laughs> Things were so much simpler, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and let's see. I, I also posted this on our uh, uh, Facebook page, and I think I got a couple responses from The Hunt there. Uh, nothing from Ready or Not, um, but yeah, The Hunt said, let's see here, we actually had a couple here. Um, uh, Patrick McFly said, the lead chick was hilarious. She nailed that role. Awesome fight scenes and some very groovy kills. And then Adam Davis responded to him, <laughs> our good, our our our, our f fine fellows over at uh, used to be the Junk Drawer podcast, uh, said if you're talking about Betty Glipton, the woman in the picture, yeah, she's great in Glow, which we mentioned before. And then JP uh, um, chimed in with his two cents, saying I really had fun with this one, a slight take on the most dangerous game. And I said thanks for your input, JP. So. That's what we got for our mail room. And I'm going to assume that those guys will be sending us hate mail after our negative review. <laughs> Any, anything is possible, Chris. Anything is possible. You, you, you are, you are st you're starting to stack it up a little bit now, bud. <laughs> I'm not trying to give anybody ideas. I'm just... You're not I, making it easier either. <laughs> no, but I'll I just say I see it coming. <laughs> oh, my God. So th that's what we have for the mail room. Um... So, okay, everyone, thanks for tuning into this month's episode. We hope you found it enjoyable. As for next month, month's episode, please stay tuned to our social media platforms for more information to come in the next few days. So for Chris Koenig, I'm Tim Kazda. Have a pleasant rest of your summer, and have a great night. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to That Horse Show Podcast. Season 8. Have a good night.